Hello, listening people. Vitam. You are listening to Spin Bosch Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ron Sawinski. Dude, that was really good, man. I nailed it. I nailed I think, that. You know, you, you you know like, I think we only need to go with this take. You know, I don't think we need to do another. I think I nailed that. Uh, call a rap podcast <laughs> over. Right. All no, right. Thank you audience, guys for joining. It was really good. The audience, they learned what the show is called. They learned your name instantly. You, you're on a roll. You, how about you roll in? Who Dude, are you? You're doing so. Could you introduce me? Nah. You have to oh. introduce you. I'm not good at though. You go on, give it a go. Give him, give him a bit of a taste of who you are, what you are. Hello, my name is Bartek Kas... Forget about the last thing, it's too hard. It's too hard? It's too yeah, hard? Yeah, Why yeah. is it hard? Um, Because it has too much blood in its system. Oh, <laughs> yum. Like a human body. Exactly. And we are Spin Polish. And we're presenting unappreciated masterpieces. Why are we spin polish? Great question. Here's the answer. It's because we are both always spitting. And we are both Polish. Isn't that not right, Bartek? We are both Polish, yeah. Did you ask, isn't that not right? Isn't that not right, Bartek? Answer. So, no. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. You see who's on the roll now. Me, see, that was a trick question. I knew that you would find the trick. Yeah. Point it out and ask, is that a trick? And then answer the question. I'm good with tricks. You're a tricky man, you know, cheap trick Bartek. That's what we call him on this show. Dude, when I play Spyro 3, I can do all the skateboard tricks. <laughs> all of them. You know, he doesn't play the Teddy Hawks games because they're too easy. <laughs> when he wants a skateboard trick game, he goes Spyro 3, certain levels. Yeah, so, like three or four. Bartek. Yes. On an appreciate masterpieces, is it not true that we do feature like commentaries for films? It is true. Is, is, is it not, not true? Do you say not, not, or not? You can choose. Uh, if you said not, not, yes. If you just said not, no. There you go. You nailed it. I could, what if I've said not like the word, like K-N-O-T? Um, Where does a not figure into the head? Untie Then you would be using that word as an adjective, and I'd have to look up what the adjective term of not means. There you go. You, you got it. Fartek, you're on a roll, and we are on a roll, because what we do, guys, for those who are not in the role, is... We do those commentaries for films. But why films? What films? Why films? Because films are great. What films? Unappreciated masterpieces. What's an unappreciated masterpiece? Well, great question. Oh, it's the name of our show. <laughs> Not only that, they're films that we think are unappreciated and are masterpieces. Wait, are they a masterpiece because they're unappreciated? Just that we think it? Well... Well, that's the pitch, Bartek. Oh. And then they realise that we know it. Oh. <laughs> you know, and, and the question I've often asked myself late at night, even me, a creator of the show, is, is a film a masterpiece because it's unappreciated? Or is it an unappreciated film because it's a masterpiece? These are the questions that we may delve into in this episode. You know, because usually I give a long spiel about, you know, movies, these the art forms, I've got a director, someone came up with an idea, but I don't think we even need to say that because what I just stated, those two questions... That's the show. Like, mm. that's the show. Just work. That's it. Work for almost two hours to answer those questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost, maybe. You know, we're able to peg ourselves down. Ryan, yeah. real talk, what were the questions again? Is a film... Is a film. That's it. Ah. I'm not going to repeat it. You know, they remembered. Okay. <laughs> they remembered. They can skip back. Bartek, what's the unappreciated masterpiece we'll be delving into in this edition of the show? Um, for those who can't read the title. Yep. The illiterate. And don't worry, everyone, I've remembered the title. It's, um... Uh, unforgettable. Oh, my God. Hold on a second there. Are you speaking Polish right now? 
Did, oh my god, did I slip into the other language I speak? Because that's really awkward, because I don't speak Polish, um, and that's real orcs. I actually remember- Orcs sad face. I, I actually remembered that this time, Ryan, but I, I just slipped. Could you say it again? Maybe I'll get it this time. Unforgettable. Okay, 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 okay. So thinking of the Polish on web. Oh, oh, thinking of the Polish language, it's complex. <laughs> There's lots of letters in there that don't belong there, so it sounds like you said unforgettable and whatever. So in our language you would remove the U and the N and the F and O and R and G and it's just no no and apply a Q in there and a few Zs. And, um, is it, um, is it Independence Day 2, Resurgence? Um. <laughs> is that the film? Close. Close? close. I nailed it. What's the next closest, like, name you can come up with? Oh, Unforgettable That's from it. 2017. You mean this year's Unforgettable? Oh, I almost forgot. Oh, now that's out of the way. We're never going to make that joke again, okay? Okay, I made the joke that it's forgettable, but it's unforgettable. Get it? We're not going to do that again, okay? We're a serious podcast. We're not going to go l- lower ourselves down to that kind of humor anymore. Sorry, was the movie Unforgettable or Rememberable? Rememberable? I can't remember. It's Unforgettable. Yeah, but what's the title? Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> We're going to have... Doing a bit of an Abbott and Costello for all you kids out there. <laughs> and for you kids, um, who's Abbott and Costello? Well, Tony Abbott is a <laughs> former Prime Minister of Australia. And He's a man who loves Peter his Costello <laughs> wanted to be Prime Minister of Australia, but didn't get the chance. How sad face. Bartek, we need... not No, if we're Abbott and Costello, mm-hmm. who's our Malcolm Turnbull? <laughs> who's the one who's really in charge of what's going on? Well, Ryan, I think... Who's the spider in the web? <laughs> the spider in the web. Ryan, I think we need a veteran on the show. Someone who's been there for us when it counted. Yeah. As in that one episode once. They they have flashbacks in the night. Flashbacks in the night? Yeah. Isn't that something you just said you did? Yeah, well... Oh my god, could I be related to this person? I don't know. It seems like only a Slowinski trait to have flashbacks in the night. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest for this episode is my sister, Alana Slowinski. <laughs> Hello, Bartek's sister, who has my last name. Have you two just merged into one person in the year I've been away? Yeah, pretty, yes, much. pretty much. I think I've absorbed Bartek. Like, that's the real answer. You but know? you're always fighting to be, like, the dominant personality. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is, it is, it is a horror film. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, time to eat, and I go, no, time to oh, scratch nose. And I just foreshadowed horror film. Get it? Because October, we're doing all the horror films, or films that are psychologically disturbing or dark. And what are the million names we keep calling this month? Like, spooky month, horror month? I'm gonna call it Spooey Month. Um, so what? So we're doing the Spooey film Unforgettable mm-hmm. from 2017 with Rosario Dawson and uh, Catherine Heigl. And David. And David. <laughs> oh, don't forget David. We all know David. But you guys at home, you're gonna get your copy of Unforgettable because I imagine you all have a copy. I mean, it literally just came out on DVD. What's your excuse? Get it together, people. Get your copy. Put it in your DVD player. That's what or get- VHS player. I don't know if you have a VHS copy of this. I would be surprised. So, um, like Ryan said, literally came out this year. Put it together. Put the DVD inside the DVD player. You put it together. No, no, no. I was, no, no, no. Even better. You kids out there who are working in the slave manufacturer places making this DVD, put it together for us privileged people. 
to watch it yeah. on, you know, the benefit. Stop you know, watching your Abbott and Costello and, you know, work for us. Exactly. So, we're going to start this. I'm going to do a countdown, and when I say play, you're going to press play. I'm going to count off some numbers. I choose what numbers. <laughs> so, we're going to do it in a three, a four, and a one play. See, Bartek, I went different this time. Thanks I added a play. Yeah. Thanks for picking four. It's my favorite digit. Your favorite digit? Yeah. My favorite digit is 13. That's not a digit. Oh, I'm sorry. If we take the digital route, one plus three is four. Oh, okay. Can I take that? Eddie Maguire, can I take, can I take that? <laughs> well, seeing as we're, we're, how we're the same person and we clearly have the same opinion here, I think... I mean, I'm it's just, it's so I'm point. so I'm it is a mo- hey look DC oh no no it's Rat Pack Rat sorry Pack. oh my god did Frank Sinatra make this <laughs> him and his crew where's oh no it's the Warner Bros I love those guys the Warner Bros they're my favorite bros <laughs> Mr. War and Mr. Nur yeah well one's into war and one's just nur about it <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 2017 film so that means our history as a film isn't very long if anything, it has to be only, like, what, a few months? Yeah, start of the year. So, Bartek, tell us your history with Unforgettable. It's about a week old rather than a few months. I mean, I only really heard of it when you told me, let's do this for Spooey Month. Uh, you to- you totally came up with the name Spooey Month before this recording, so, you know, I can confirm that. I did. Yes. Um... And, yeah, so it was one of those, oh, 2017, this is going to be one of the latest films we've done. This is going to be fun. I look it up on all the things on Netflix. I have a Netflix, but I have not watched a single thing there. Oh, but you were going to do Unforgettable as your first. Yeah, well, I mean, I I try to make a bunch of the films we do on this show. Like, Crippendorf's Tribe. Nope, not there. Uh, Um, Tragedy. So then I went to the Google, I'm like, unforgettable, and I think there might have been two results for it. There was like a documentary from last year in this film. Oh, okay, good. And I said, okay. And you watched the documentary, didn't you? Yeah, it was very, very forgettable. Oh, <laughs> I told the audience that we wouldn't do this kind of thing. Yeah. But then I watched this film, and this film was definitely unforgettable, because that's the title. You nailed it. Yeah. And did you love it? I loved it. He loved it. <laughs> I loved it, too, because I also... What's this film this week? Specifically yesterday. Mm. And I knew I was the one, of course, who knew about this film. And I saw uh, reviews for this film and it was just getting negative, negative, negative. And I'm just saying to myself when I saw these reviews, how can it be so negative? It's got Rosario Dawson in it. She's in everything today. She's in all the Marvel TV shows. She's in Sin City, you know, she's in, in she's, a, she's a talented actress. She wouldn't make a mistake in her career. Yeah, and for, for me, my and situation... I was surprised. My situation was a bit backwards, like, after I watched the film and went to YouTube, then I started seeing all the criticism. <sighs> Such a tragedy. And I said, we have got to do this on the show to prove the people wrong as quickly as possible. You know, I hate haters... And I'm very glad that we're going to be covering this film in, in, so in this episode. So we're fighting hate with... Uh... Hate. Oh, okay. You know how you have to fight fire with fire? <laughs> yes, to make the fire smaller. Uh, controlled birds. Hmm. Alana, your history with this film. 
Well, I have to say, I hadn't hadn't had the opportunity to hear about it until just a week ago when you told me that this is what we're going to be watching, and I, I saved the excitement. I had a quick Google of it, but I didn't let myself like read into it too much because I didn't want to get the story away, and it paid off. I watched <laughs> it last night and blown away. Also, I want everyone to know we just had our first mention of David. We were told that David is amazing. David is so Brilliant awesome in this. David is like the quintessential male character that you need in a film. Almost as good as this guy who wheeled out a cake. Mm. But we don't know that guy. We know David, though. And I love... Oh, strawberries. That's foreshadowing. That is. Till later on. See how she's cutting? Ooh. It's a, oh, that's a raspberry. It's a very nice... But there's some strawberries there. You're right. It's very nice font. She's giving it. us the raspberry. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice corporate font. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> your cake. Also, her business apparently is the number one in online storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, it said that behind the, the speaker lady. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Do you see the emoji used on that? Well, that was foreshadowing to the emoji movie coming out later this year. How good. Did you notice that one of the, the main emoji on her poster was the one giving her, her the finger? It, that's foreshadowing Definitely again to foreshadowing. the writers of this film. Hey, look, it's the Redgate Bridge. The Redgate? Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, it's red, so it's got to be called the Redgate I Bridge. often saw that Redgate red Bridge when I watched the TV show Charmed. <laughs> uh, they would often have conversations on that bridge, and I'm saying that because uh, the angel in Charmed was in uh, Sleepwalkers as Incest Cat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, is this a, in the same universe? Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. Same bridge. So maybe, would there have been an after credits scene where, you know, the angel from Charmed would... Uh, have incestuous find, sex with a cat? Yeah. No, would find the luggage that got dropped. Yeah, now, I want to talk about that luggage. Yeah. Well, Alana, was, Alana and I watched this together, and I was like, oh my god, that luggage just dropped. She didn't even turn around and get it. Yeah. She never got that luggage back, and at no point did she ever go, oh, where's my luggage? Yeah. But it's because symbolism, you see. She got given this hat from her friend. It's a re-gifted gift as well mm. and we know how Seinfeld fans about feels about re-gifting things you know yes and no about it and when the car ran over the hat that was kind of like a symbolism of the things that she's leaving behind will be crushed beneath the wheels of the future mm. and that was just really powerful imagery you know it was it you know what this film does showing not telling I think it's worth solidifying that you know as as time goes on we start to kind of, um, not glorify, but, like, romanticise the past. Like, oh, Nostalgia. people in the past were geniuses. Shakespeare was a genius. Genius things were only made in the past. Yeah. This was in cinemas only a couple of months ago, probably filmed last year, and it is genius. Yeah. I mean, if only, if only we could use, you know, if only we could beat that kind of logic by watching a film that is currently being made... Mm-hmm. And being like, this is genius. This is genius. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, see, you're you're in the present. Yeah. But that's the thing about things from the past. You're in the present with them as they happen as well. You know, that's the beauty of film. Yeah, and usually... You're gross in the world. And usually, yeah, we're delivered finished product. So... This is a The product. most modern we can get is, like, as soon as the film is available I guess to plays. <laughs> plays? I I'm really jealous of the people who got to see this in the cinema who obviously would have went back again and again. They... they uh, on IMDb, they did say they went again and again. Many people loved this film, but Does why... Did it was released in 3D anywhere? I would hope so. Mm. Only if I could see David in three dimensions. Ah, oh, here she is. Here she is. The little girl. I'm so happy that she's finally Lily. in the movie. 
Lily M gasps. Sorry, I read yeah, the subtitles. Lily, hold on, hold on to Lily. That's gonna be very. She's gonna be very essential to the, the, yeah, the narrative. Yeah, she's a core uh, <laughs> character. Of the yeah, plot and the character. Yeah, uh, she's sniffing. Good job. Just like Mummy, she sniffs. We all sniff. That should be a book. Well, you know, Ryan, it's it's one of the five senses. Is it? Yeah. Which one? The smell sense. Is it number one? Could be. This is a commentary on top five senses. <laughs> like, which, which sense is it that like you can make up for? It's it's either smell or taste. Like you can get rid of one, but then the other will kind of like make up for it. Uh, it's like I, I think if you get rid of s- smell, I, I think it might have been taste. Like your smell will make up the taste for you. Oh great! That makes sense. I don't have taste. It's one of the two. <laughs> like the other one will carry the other if it's lost. Oh, there's Catherine Heigl. She's very white. Mm. in this film, which is a great contrast to the character of Rosario Dawson, who is obviously a person of colour and also wears, like, darker clothes. It's and like has dark hair, yeah. yeah. Oh! Bartek watched oh, the film. there's a ton of symbolism in this. I yeah. Mean, even if I didn't watch the film, she's right It's there. a... No, no, you're blind. Oh, sh- People don't oh, know this, sense. but Bartek's... My, my, <laughs> my sight sense. Sight number two is gone, because... You know, sight number two. Oh, right. Smells number one. Yeah, yeah. I meant sense. Yeah, I said sight number two. <laughs> sense number two is gone. Sense number one is touch. So, there, yeah, there's touch, Because taste, this film's touching smell, me. It's touching uh, us all, Alana. In the heart. Hearing. Now, you two... It sounds like you two went pretty blind into this movie. Yeah, we didn't use that one sense to prepare. What? Knowledge? Knowledge sense isn't uh, one of the five senses maybe we don't know that there's common <laughs> uh, like the sixth ranger it's like you know sometimes he hangs out as the common sense but... no the sixth sense is being able to see dead people they are um, everywhere well, i can see you ryan <laughs> i am dead on the inside oh oh the no, audience is like oh my god Bartek actually cares oh see that blanket it does play into the plot later oh yeah it plays so hard now you guys went blind Bartek, I want to hear from you. What were you kind of expecting from it? So, I pretty much walked in only really knowing that it's going to be about, like, an ex-spouse uh, kind of trying to make life hell for the current spouse. And, you know what, I, I went in thinking that, but even despite that noise, like, for a lot of people, they're like, oh... Catherine Heigl, she's the ex-spouse. She's going to be the one, you know, making trouble. I felt that she was playing it so well that maybe they were going to, you know, like, completely blow me away. Like, completely make a twist out of it. I snapped. Completely make Did a they twist blow out you? of it. And, and, you know, surprise me. And you know what? They didn't. But they got me to believe it. They got Catherine Heigl to play a character that seems so on the level... Yeah. the audience can actually think, oh, maybe this will turn out okay. Yeah. Alana, <laughs> you went in blind. Yep. What were you kind of expecting, especially from a title like Unforgettable? I was... I really was waiting to find out what what unforgettable what was unforgettable. And so I thought perhaps it's something... We'll find out more about her past relationship... Because, oh, it's in the past. It's something that's haunting her. She can't and forget it. She can't forget it. Maybe that's what it, why it's called unforgettable. Actually, oh, no. It does seem to be haunting her at every turn. She can't forget it. She can't move past it. But then it. at the end of the film, 
she forgets everything. She does forget everything. Well, maybe another title for the movie could have been Unletgoable. Mm. But they chose Unforgettable for a reason. I think that's something we should try to We dissect. can't speculate on what the other title of the film could have been. It could have been anything. It could have been Psycho Barbie. You know, which would have been great name. I would have loved to watch Psycho Barbie. And it's just a remake of Psycho, but with a little girl playing with Barbies? No, it's just the remake of Psycho, but it, everyone's played by Katherine Heigl. I watched that. <laughs> a one-woman show She's of hugging. Psycho. <laughs> She's hugging daughter, showing love. Don't you love love? I love. Are you against love, Bartek? Because this I movie's really pro-love. And I'm pro-pro-love. Hmm. I'm anti-anti-love. That's that's my least favorite. So you're pro at promoting love, not necessarily that you are pro at love. Yeah, that's it. Right. Nailed, nailed it. And you're anti people who are anti. Wait, that's a double negative, Ryan. Whoa. Do you want to like amend like anti? No, I'm on a roll. I, it's oh, probably I on purpose. You know, it's a domino effect of life where this is going to hit some kind of domino that's going to prove that I'm right. Domino's pizza. <laughs> my favorite kind of domino. Everyone buy a Domino's pizza. They sponsor the show. They do not sponsor After us. After the episode's over, we have to get a sponsorship. If we were a real right. podcast, if we were a real podcast, we'd be sponsored by Blue Apron. They always sponsor podcasts. It's always like, now sponsored today. It's Blue Apron. Do you like food? Try them. <laughs> but we're not, unfortunately, because we're too above that. We're an artistic podcast talking about art. And here's the art of this scene here. Is the food actually too spicy? And the answer is no, because the dad eats it later, and he's like, mm, mm, yummy. And we all know David. He loves food. He's an honest guy. Honest old David. So, uh, is this film trying to make a message that spicy is not yum? No, I think it's making the film that, um, the film is trying to make the statement that Catherine Heigl in this scene already is uh, a deceptive. Anti-spice. Anti-spice. She doesn't like old spice. <laughs> no, she. Oh, I she's, thought you were going to make a joke like she doesn't like Spice Girls. How can anyone not? Did they? Did you not hear what they want? They really want to tell you. <laughs> they really do. Tell you, tell you what they want. Yeah. A lot of times. And they keep. And they. You know what? They keep stuttering too. They. And they have friends. They're like, I want. Uh, I want. Uh. <laughs> well, that's unfair. You know. They're so excited to tell you that, you know. This is, you're you're like this. Uh, A lot of, I don't know if you remember this story, but our our grandmother, uh, apparently. Your babcha. Yeah, sure. Didn't mind the the Who, the band The Who, (laughs) because the song uh, talking about your generation. She's like, oh, it's really nice that in our society we can allow someone with a massive speech impediment (laughs) (laughs) to be on the charts. Isn't that great? <laughs> Talking about, I love that. That's so sweet. And this movie, if you had to, cl- if you had to sum it up in one word, what would it be? I mean, I was gonna say unforgettable, but be a bit you cheesy. can't use the title. Yeah, I, I stopped myself. Can we use synonyms for the title? Yes, you are. Memorable. Memorable. <laughs> Memorable. Bartek. Um. If we had to sum up this movie in one word, uh, I think gripping. Okay. Gripping's a good word to give to a thriller. Grippage. And Grippage. I would say my choice of word would be delectable. Mm. Mm. That's yummy, but for smart people. Yeah, that's ex- and this is for smart individuals. This is a great scene here in which she's holding a, a glass bottle. 
This was almost my favorite character for a very long time in the movie, The, the Glass, glass Bottle. bottle. Mm. Okay. Alana and I watched this, and we were rooting for that glass bottle to be broken. And when I say we, I mean Alana and my girlfriend, Rachel. Well, I was saying, nah, they're not going to break that bottle. Because this film goes against expectations. It seemed inevitable. It the glass sets bottle up, is there. It's, it's glass bottle. You held. think she's going to drop it? She's it's holding it. Scene. She's nervous. And this film also sets up Oreo, the hamster or rat or whatever. The... I think it's a hamster. Yeah, let's like let's agree that it's a ferret. And um, <laughs> you know, Let's agree a, that it's a G-Force. Let's agree that it's from the film G-Force. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage's character, who's a mole in that, actually. Yeah. Let's agree it's a mole. Um, Let's go with- they set up that and you're thinking, oh, that's going to get killed. But it never does. There's a scene later in which Catherine Heigl's taking photos of her. That never plays into it, you know, and that's a good thing. This film sets up things, but it's like, hey, you know what? Life isn't always full of payoffs. Mm-hmm. True, but I wouldn't call it a red herring. I think it's still a hamster. <laughs> that was sweet. But you know who's sweeter? David. Oh, we all know David. Gartek, do you know a David? Yeah, we had two David teachers at uni. <laughs> oh wow, was he one of them? And did you know him? Uh, he, I, I had both Davids as a teacher at some point. Excellent. I, I only had David. <laughs> mm. You know David. We all know him. He's our favorite. Look, he loves her food. Mmm. He says it's not shitty spice or anything. No, it, in fact, it could be spicier. You know, that's exactly what he wants. And. You know, she's going through an emotional time. She's thinking, oh, I'm getting stalked. He, she, she doesn't tell him, and he doesn't tell her stuff, you know. Now, Bartek, Alana, and myself, have we been... This is an obvious question, but have we been in relationships before? I have. I'm in one now. Uh, yeah, I've been in relationships that didn't quite get to official boyfriend-girlfriend. Okay, okay. But I have been in relationships in a way, yeah. I've been known to be in relationships. Some say she's married, you know, Mm. maybe. I don't know. I don't want to confirm that. The room is on the street. BuzzFeed, you know the article. Show the ring (laughs) to the microphone for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) What I ask this is, in any form of relationship, is it good to have a foundation of um, secrets and or lies? It's the only thing that holds a relationship together, Ryan. Well, that answers your question. <laughs> this is your marriage and why uh, while I'll be attending the divorce party in a few years. Uh, Bartek? Uh, so, uh, secrets good to have? Secrets uh, secrets and or lie And or lies? Well, with what little experience I have had... Uh, Truth has tended to be a decent thing. Did your experiences end to no relationship because of lies? No, but as the second one, I've only really had two. Or secrets? Um, I'm secretly lying. There was a thing of, like, before we'd started, like, kind of seeing each other, there was a thing of, um... I keep saying there's a thing. Uh, I love that film. She and some of her friends... Uh, they had a bit of a tiff in that they told a lie that one of them was pregnant <gasps> as some kind of, like, joke or experiment or something, and she was the only one that they didn't tell. Like, it was uh, a joke. And, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and I I happened to know that, but... You I, didn't tell. I didn't tell her. I didn't realise that she didn't and, know. And that's why you're, you're not married today, you know? And I, you know, obviously, I'm not like Alana... 
I don't think we build our relationships on lies and deceit. I think we build them on blood and murder. Uh, <laughs> and if you're going to be a murderer or murderess, you got to work with your partner. Because if you don't, you're going to get caught by the cops real so quick. Maybe, maybe Ryan just make the statement not murdering your partner, but like working with them. Well, you don't them. know. Sometimes relationships don't always end very well. Uh, so you mean like the ones where like oh she's well, dead but I carry around her head or something? No, that right? No, I eat her. Yeah, obviously. Oh, know. so you carry her essence in you until you poo poo? Until the poo poo happens. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Souls don't become poo poo, so it stays in you. Hmm. I never noticed this the first time around the little little scar there. It's like oh, from her abusive yeah. relationship. This film really is a film that's like, hey, that's not victim shame. To be completely honest, Ryan... You can. I watched the film, I loved it, and I noticed everything we were talking about. But as the film went on, and you know, I won't use red herrings, but some of the things that didn't come back were like, you know, the luggage, the scar on her back. You know, there were things I noticed, but as I was watching the film, I kind of forgot about. And watching the film again right now, I'm remembering them. Yeah, because it's... And it's, it's really nice world building that, like... You know, even if you didn't notice them, you only miss out on, like, you know, the the spice, the flavouring on top. Well, and and we than... know Captain Heigl doesn't like spice. Yeah. <laughs> it's already been established. Yeah. You're only missing out on some decent yumminess or delectables. You're not necessarily missing out on the main course itself. Oh, yeah. 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 This film is like a cake. Mm. You have to put the right ingredients in at the right time. You know, you have to put the sugar, you know, flour. You the, know, brown. the brown. The <laughs> brown. If you want, Colors are ingredients, right? If you want brown <laughs> cake, yeah. But this is clearly a white cake for your wedding. Hmm. Alana's wedding, to be precise. This is my wedding gift to Alana. Uh, it's a bit late, but here it is. Neither of my cakes were white, Ryan. This one is. <laughs> neither of them because you're lame. Lame, lame, lame. Also... You know, with Alana's wedding, there wasn't enough murder in there it. Wasn't. You know, I saw the wedding photos and there was no murder. Mm. Oh, you, know, you know, you don't take pictures of the murder because that <laughs> incriminates. Yeah. Look, at the, look at the photos on my car. I wasn't invited. But, you know, oh, just, it's okay, Bartek. <laughs> You've only been on the podcast with her once. If you were on it like twice, she would have invited you to the wedding. That's true. Like, That's where my line is. That's the line. Mm. Yeah, and you, you, you let her down. Yeah. Plus, who wants to go to New South Wales, right? Nah, no one wants to go to another state. No one wants to even get out of their house. They think that's so good. They call it New South Wales, but it's north of where I am. Now, this is a very important scene. Alana, mm. do you like beer? Not a giant fan. Oh, I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna change my question. Do you like? David's beer. David's beer is a whole other matter. <laughs> it's the best beer in the world. Did you know David? Everyone knows David. Did He's you a know? Guy. It's did you know David brews beer? Mm. Now the thing about David's beer is, is it's good, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Did you not hear about this? Everyone's heard about David's beer. You know, yeah. Cooper Mountain Brewery. Mm, mm. C CMB. You know, and and the thing about beer is, I don't drink it, mm. but I hear David's beer is really nice. And you know what? I'm going to drink it. I'm going to get full on into David's beer. Mm. David's beer is as good as as other beers, but it's made by David, mm. and that makes it a different kettle of fish. You know, Alana, could you explain? Because Bartek's looking a bit perplexed. Mm. Yeah, what is it? Put, how do you put fish in a kettle? Yeah, well, mm. it's because I like my f tea. 
I like I my tea with that extra omega three. Mm. <laughs> um, now, Alana, could you explain to Bartek what it is about David that gets 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 you so happy? Well, by all accounts, he is amazing. And that's how we were introduced to David, and that's just all through the movie. He continues to be amazing so, at every turn. So this is the question. You guys clearly know the answer, but you're acting like you don't. Why the film is called Unforgettable? It's because David's it's unforgettable. Because David unforgettable. Oh my god, we figured it out. Case closed, yeah. guys. Woo! And that's the episode. That's the episode. And that's a wrap on this one. We could cover the slow mental deterioration of both female characters in the film, and what does that mm. reflect in terms of the Hollywood zeitgeist that women, that bitches be crazy, <laughs> but... This film's really about David. Mm-hmm. You think that this film's about Julia, the former victim of abuse, but it's really about David, the future victim mm-hmm. of abuse. Mm. Who's going to abuse him? Well, he gets hit later. He does get oh, hit. Oh no, he does get hit later. And also, he's great. You know, did I just, I just want to point that out. You know, like, I just, really so like, people will get jealous of him. Oh look, they set this guy up. Hey look, it's... Oh yeah, this guy seemed like he could be a thing. Bartender Tony Stark. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, don't, don't emphasise the word bar in bartender. You make me think it's going to be, we're going to be talking about me. <laughs> okay, uh, in fact, I'm never going to reference anything about bars or tenders or you again. <laughs> so Alana, this is our podcast now. It's just the... Uh, it's just us now. It's just the Slowinski podcast. The Dirty Slee podcast. <laughs> Hello, I'm Bartek Slowinski. You'll know what a part of this. Get back. Get away. Go back to the mines. Go in. <laughs> I've never been to mines. Have you ever read someone's private um, information? Like texts, emails, letters? Have you ever been... Uh, uh, someone who's perpetrated that or been tempted to? Mm, tempted to, perhaps, but I'm far too lazy. Lazy Alana. Yeah. Bartek, what about you? Have you done anything like that? Uh, well, curiosity's always been a thing, but... Uh, I killed the cat. Mm. I, mean, I mean, it's not necessarily that I try to, but sometimes, you know, like... For example, I might be chatting to you after an episode and you have Facebook open and I see a private message. I'm like, oh, look, that person said this. How fucking dare you look at my messages, Bartek? Mm-hmm. I'm so upset right now. Uh, yeah. And I remember, um, because in Australia right now, we're going through something called a plebiscite mm. or a plebiscite, depending on how you want to say it. I want to call it the plebs. <laughs> the plebeian site. Um, and I remember just before I signed my one, I read an article on the internet, the World Wide Web, www. Um, Dot. That was, you know, there were many criticisms of it, and one of them was that uh, the possibility that people will hold up your letters to the light and, like, see what you ticked and then decide to throw it away. Oh, my and God. I was curious, and I, in the kitchen, my mum's one was there, and I was like, is this actually Accurate? a thing? And I tried, and I'm like, oh, my God, it is a thing. So oh. through that sort of... I wasn't necessarily curious about what she wrote, or, like, ticked, but I, yeah. I wanted to test it out, so I guess, you know. Fair enough. And ah. then, I, then I tried folding mine a different way and trying to send it that way, but it still showed up no matter how I folded it. Oh, I have no moral values when it comes to this. Yeah, I read shit. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get, like, so, letters from so Alana, former housemates. So Alana like, is no too lazy. Me, as, as a side product of me doing things, and you is like, yeah? Yeah. Just we are the encapsulation of, of it all. A lot is too lazy. The you Swinskies, do it. Winskies are the extremes. You do it if you if the possibility 
is there, and I do it no matter what. Well, me, it's more like it just happens when I Yeah, yeah, you, fo- you fell over, and you're like, oh, no, secret let's, information! Let's, ah! let's hang out with Ryan! Oh, no, Ryan, your private t- conversations are in front of me. Yeah, I look at stuff. Yeah, all the time. All the time, because I love it. Love it! So yeah, I, I understand it. Catherine Heigl throughout this whole entire movie. You know, what is it about knowing these this kind of information what is it that is so attractive well ryan i can i can go up to you and say hey give me information and you can just say whatever like you could lie you can tell the truth but okay julian assange but if i but if i see but if i go to this stuff where you're not keeping up the pretense for me it's it's the it's the persona that you're showing to someone else Uh... and the information that you are comfortable disclosing to them like ooh. It might even be, it might not even have to be something like, oh, what's he saying about me to this person? It could just be like, what kind of things does he say to other people? What kind of masks, personas, that's the Latin word for mask, does he have on when he's talking to this person? Yeah. And it's just going to be things like, you want to come on the podcast? And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) He never asked me that because I'm the co-host, but, you know, I guess you would. Uh, You're forced to come onto the podcast. You don't get a choice. Oh my God, she's wearing green. Mm. That means she's envious. That's what green means. It's, it's, That's a green color. I never know what the name of that green, this shade of green It's called teal. teal. Teal, that's it. Yeah, it is Of course teal. you know. Alana never wears colors, so it's always very curious when she knows what they are. <laughs> I always think of teal as being a bit lighter than that. But... You know what? I'm going to say it's a seafoam green. Mm. I can get behind that, actually. I'm 100% nailing mm. this. I'm on a roll today. It's in the, it's in the ballpark. A turquoise? A turquoise? It, it, you know what I love? He has a jar. You know classic David in his office of beer making? He has a jar that he's leaning on that's full of nothing but like like cue balls and pool balls. Like maybe he classic ha- David. You know him. He maybe, loves pool. Maybe he started off having like a swear jar, but he never swears. So, so he just puts balls in there. So he just fills it to, you know... Have do something because he's not going to swear. Well, it's because when he was married to Catherine Heigl, he used to be uh, a pool hole junkie, and then he's like, "Well, I'm now married to, going to get married to Rosario Dawson. My pool hole days are over. Better put all the balls in this jar and look at it every day while I'm brewing beer in my office." <laughs> So, Ryan and Alana, what are the top five things about David? Because you guys are really emphasizing your love for David. All right, Alana, let's hear your top five things about David that is amazing. Well, honestly, I could just go on forever, but we all know how he's got an amazing beer company. Yeah, that's one. That's it's well known. He doesn't swear. Two. We Classic all know this David. about David. Look what kind of great kind of situation he has with his ex-wife. They're obviously still... You know, that, friends. Yeah, they're, they're, they're working friends. together. BFFs. It's three. hard to have that Working together to raise a daughter. Too, three. Yeah. Wow, she's on three right now. Yeah. And, well, honestly, his relationship with his daughter... He is, wow, he's a good dad. He's a great That's dad. four. He's a great dad. And, um, but by the same token, he's a brilliant businessman. Even <sighs> when he has his daughter over, he doesn't... You know, he has to take time to go on his business trips. Yeah, that's... constantly. Five. Well, well, that's five. So here's my five. And number five. Are you just going to list the senses? <laughs> and number five. David has a sense of smell. That's pretty amazing. Number two. He has taste. Ooh. Number three. That actually could just be He thing. has sight. <laughs> number four. He can touch things. And yes, number five. Thing. He hears you out. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the five things about David that rocks my world. What about you, Bartek? Yeah, I'm sure there are. You got to contribute to the David countdown. 
I was like, okay, sure, you know. Don't you love David? Didn't you hear he was great? I do love David. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Number one, the D. I love the D. Number two, the A. Oh my god. Dude, number three. <laughs> and this one could be number one in some people's list, the V. Oh, far out. Yeah, the no- D and the V going right next to each other. No- number four, the I. I love I. And number five, did I tell you about the D? It's so good. It comes up twice. It comes up twice. It's so good. It's in there twice. That's how good it is. Uh-oh. Top five letters in David's film. Uh-oh. We have Cheryl Ladd in the film. You know, the woman who replaced Farrah Fawcett in Charlie's Angels. Now she's here to teach us that Catherine Heigl is actually the victim after all. And she's called Lovey. Now, mm-hmm. Alana and I noted this down. Later in a scene, she's cleaning the silverware because her mum says the silverware's a bit dirty. Mm-hmm. I hope you noticed, Bart's like, I did, yeah. The silverware is fucking dirty yeah. when she's cleaning it. It is. It's really dirty. Like, in a normal film, in a normal film, mm. in a normal lame film, the silverware would be clean already. But this film actually gives you the point that the mother may be right about Catherine Heigl being a bit of a loser. Mm. So who's the real victim? It's the mum. Having a dirty piece of silverware is beneath a person. It's a sign of a slattern, I believe. Mm. Mm. It's a sign of someone who is a bad mum. Mm-hmm. Cheryl Ladd wouldn't have what done was, that. What was the word she used? Was it slattern? Slattern. Slattern. Oh. It's like Latin, but with an S in oh, front. It's where the I was thinking of the planet. Oh, it's where the word slut came from originally, which meant somebody who kept a poor household. Ooh. I'll take I know what I'm going to call you now You haven't been inside my house. I'm going to call you a Latin Because a Latin. you said Latin phrase earlier on Oh mm. I did And it was persona Was that it? Yeah. Oh my god I thought it's it was nice. when you said your name Bartek I thought that was Latin Wait Is it not Latin? No it's Polish speak Oh my god I don't speak Polish <laughs> Oh no Oh far out I thought it was Latin this whole time You didn't say his name I don't even know how to. I probably. I'm, I'm probably Bar not even saying. I can't even say that. That has some letters in there that don't Bar exist. Oh my god, I'm gonna keep that recording and then put that as your intro for each time because you never say your name all the time. You know, it's just like, and it's me, bad thing. Hey, I asked if you wanted to say my name this episode. Oh my god. This is great storytelling here. The mum is laying down the cement, if you will, mm. for foundation. Uh, about what went on before it gives you this idea that Catherine Heigl screwed up in the relationship, but doesn't tell us exactly what happened there. We, as the audience, get told through visual storytelling and also dialogue uh, later on what happened there. Like, look at the scene. She's so happily married, and and then, oh my god, the camera slowly pans. It's still panning. It's still panning. It's still panning and still moving and stopped to show us her crying. And you know people only cry when they're sad mm. or happy. Mm. Which one's she? Well, there's Lou. Maybe Lou, sad. Sorry. Sad giggles, but that's from the daughter. So I guess the daughter's happy that she, her mum's sad. That's despicable. Now, Bartek, you come from... Um, you, your, your, your parents are separated. Yes, sir. Um, did your dad have to deal with your mum being the psycho ex-wife? No. You sure? Because maybe your stepmother stabbed your mum with a... uh, Made your mum stab herself on a knife and your mum said, Don't let Bartek remember me like this. 
So maybe you don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I do have a stepmom, but from the information you presented, there wasn't an indication of a remarriage, Ryan. So maybe you got to you know set that up. Mm. First, okay, so. okay, I'll set it up again. Yeah. Doesn't this chick kind of look like a weird like version of a uh, Christian wig? Mm. Yeah. I knew she. She's like familiar. ghost. It's not her. I know it's not her, but she looks like the yeah Christian wig from Ghostbusters. Everyone's favorite. She also Ghostbusters. Mm. The one with Melissa McCarthy. My favorite Ghostbusters. She looks like Christian Wig from Despicable Me Two. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and Despicable Me Three. Don't forget the three. Still need to see three. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? Need. I said need. <laughs> He's got a need for Gru mm. and his brother Stu. Is that that's, actually his brother's name? Yeah. That's cool. Of course it is. Did you not know it's written by the people who are from Illumination Studios? You know, they do such great works as Minions, Despicable Me, Secret Life of Pets. What was that double... Sing. What was the double feature that we saw on a poster like two years ago? Was it Minions and To Kill a Mockingbird or something? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a double feature for Minions and To Kill a Mockingbird. That's the best double feature. Well, world. which one's better? I still have the poster for that at home, so I look at it sometimes like, ha, ha, Minions and To Kill a Mockingbird. Clearly one's I'm better than the other. I what the linking factor is in these two films. Well, probably racism. Probably because, racism. Because when... I know what it is. At the Oscars last year when Oscars so black was a thing i remember ali g came up on stage and he pointed out that it's kind of racist for minions mm. yeah no no what it really is is little do we know that everyone because to kill a mockingbird's a, a black and white film that everyone is actually yellow mm. oh. As, you know and and they're actually all minions they're all minions you know gregory peck mm. minion minion, minion. <laughs> real life minion yeah. you know atticus finch the best minion lawyer there ever was <laughs> Also, better than humans, apparently. And now, do you guys ever... Have a bath? Well, not only have a bath, but wear chopsticks in your hair. Only when I'm going to have a bath. Only when you're having a bath? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Bartek, chopsticks, hair, combo, you love, you do it, you wear it all the time? I have a response, but it's going to make you mad. Go on. There was a character in Metal Gear Solid 2. I don't fucking want to hear about Metal Gear Solid 2. I knew that you said it was going to make me mad. I didn't know it was going to infuriate me to tears. I fucking hate Metal Gear Solid 2 outside of when you get to play as Solid Snake. There was a point earlier in this episode where I was saying something that really applied to that game as well, but I held back. You should hold back forever because you're wrong. That game sucks. The ultimate betrayal is, hey, you know, you know, you know, Solid Snake, you know, the greatest of them all, you know, great Kurt Russell-like character. Here, play as an anime, f- anime fuckboy instead, because fuck you, I hate you. Here, have a, f- have a fucking cutscene that you can't skip, because I hate you. We had a real moment of tension there with the hamster again. Oh my god. What are you talking about cutscene you can't Is Oreo okay? We, he, Oreo is okay, but I didn't think he would be. There was a tracking shot, and then he hopped into his wheel and started running faster as though trying to escape from danger. Yeah. Isn't Metal Gear Solid 2 the one that has, like, the 45-minute cutscene? Yeah, but you can skip through all the segments. Of oh, it. sorry. It's, it takes 20 minutes to skip mm-hmm. in, in Metal well, Gear. Well, with the codec conversations, you have to press triangle twice and watch it zoom past. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't want to read it anyway, but I'll, I'll now, wait for it to zoom who past. do you think stealing her jewellery? Um, oh, this is the body double. Yeah, this is the body double. 
It's like one of the few trivia facts. That's not her bum. It's not. Dawson. If you want to see Rosario Dawson naked, watch Trance by Danny Boyle. Yep. That's not Rosario Dawson's side boob. Well, it did cut just then, just so. Then. It's not her, though, dude. In movie fact, magic, that's not though. her right now. This is a double. But the whole movie's the, been but a, here's a the body question. double. Here's the question. Obviously, we're smart and we Ooh. read. But did we know that was a body double before reading about that? Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, I didn't know. You got me. Yes, That's no. great film. Film. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Who has windows above their bathtub? Um, like, that, you know, people can see you get in and out of the bath. Yeah, that's a good question. That's an excellent question. Is it, is it question. one of those, like, one-sided, like, the other side? No, you, you, no. No, the hers wasn't, so no. Mm. Actually, I do have a friend who has full, like, top-to-bottom screen doors in their bathroom because they live out in the bush. Oh, well, and they're just, just inviting dire- Mick Taylor in to come the, out. It's directly in front of the toilet, so you're just sitting on, sitting on the toilet and you're like, there's a giant window in front of me. How do they poop at night? I don't know, but they've also got fake grass in the bathroom. I still think they like fake sick. grass. Like, yeah. Are they okay? They literally live out in the bush. They could just remove the floors if they wanted to. No, no, no. It's just like full on. Um, I think to answer your question right about how they poop at night, I think they just still sit down and yeah. you know. The, the, well, the you're assuming things. that this person sits. They have fake grass they in their toilet. toilet. They could do anything. Yeah. I don't they know. do handstands. Apparently, better anyway. Handstands. Pro tip, everyone, if you sit on toilets, try to raise your knees as high as you can. Pro tip, actually just put your feet on the bowl of the toilet and squat over it. No, that's, there are all those signs on that's, public bathrooms saying not to do that. But they're, but screw the establishment, Alada. Look, apples, just that's a sign of temptation. Along with the cigarettes. Yeah, which she said, ooh, I quit. You know, yeah, the Garden but, of Eden really uh, needed a bowl of apples rather than a tree. Well, it also oh, needed uh, that statue don't... in the background. <laughs> a really sullen looking, ah, uh, maybe, uh, but not now. No, they're, they're actually take... doing, fun fact, they're actually doing a poo. Oh, oh here it is. Like... See, look, it is dirty. It mm. is dirty. That's like the greatest part. Also, what is, is that a spoon? No, it's for cakes. Yeah. I thought so, yeah. It has holes in it, so it would be a lame spoon. Mm. <laughs> Why does it have holes in it, to I be honest? I think she needs to polish that more, honestly. She didn't polish the She back. didn't polish the other side, yeah. Or the actual handle. Like, uh, you know, the... That's maybe the movie was indicating... What? That's going to bother me forever. Maybe well, the it's mo- bothering her mum. Maybe the movie was indicating one of two things. One, the other side was clean. Or two... Man, not living with David anymore after living with him. Really. Oh, you know David. Mm. That's another one. He's clean. He is. He keeps it clean. His silverware wouldn't be dirty. He, his silverware would not be dirty. He would Classic mo- David. His residual <laughs> uh, warmth for when you're, near, when you're near him yeah. would inspire you to be oh, I feel so warm around David. <laughs> like, oh my God. But you got to put up with the two of us. Yeah, well, maybe we're all David. Maybe we should. We all aspire to be him. <laughs> now, Bartek, we haven't talked about the black sheep in the room. Well, well, there's a sheep in the room? And they're black, so don't talk about them. <laughs> uh, no, let's talk about um, her storyline of her being a victim of abuse. Yes. And how they oh, utilize. Oh, she's on the call to a good friend. Oh, I love, her friend. I love her friend. Did you know her friend's her best friend? Look, her friend has a bed. We can clarify this now. And she's single. Yeah, before she was asleep at 2.30 on the couch. And mm-hmm. Alana said when we watched it, why is she just on her couch? I'm like, because she's single. Bartek, you're single. You can confirm that, yeah? Yeah. Hashtag confirmed. Mm. Take that. 
everyone take the voice clip of Bartek saying yeah and just apply it to everything. <laughs> Bartek, um, are you for the extermination of races? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you say races or racists? Races. Yeah. 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 Bartek. We need passionate people in the world, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But let's talk about the the, the, the victim of abuse storyline. Bartek, do you think it was brave of this film to um, have our main character be a v- former victim of abuse and now a current victim of abuse, but from a woman instead of a man? Do I think it's brave? Ryan, not only is she that, but she's also having to put up with even more. Yeah, like exactly. The main conflict in the film. So, I mean... This was directed by a woman as well, if, so, you if know... If the movie was simply about feminism. her formerly being a victim of abuse, and you ask me, is it brave? I go, yeah, I guess, that is good. But the fact that it is that and more... And more. I think brave, you're talking about, like, you know, an, an, a scope of courage. I think we are talking about a scope of being amazing. Amazing. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think it's pretty brave. You know, I think it's even braver. Yes. This is a year in film in which finally we are appreciating female-driven projects. You know, Wonder Woman was really big. You know, that's boosted feminism. And I think this has too. This was directed by a woman. This has lead female actors. You know, if anything, David's kind of the trophy you know, that's kind of neat, isn't it? You know? He actually is, based on how you guys are talking about Except him. for David's great. You know, he's not yeah, just he's a trophy. He's, he's a great guy. He's a good guy. Well, trophies did... are very nice, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, he's he's fully fleshed out. He's a great guy. Great guy. Oh, so he's kind of like, if a trophy is just like a stiff toy, he's like a maneuverable action figure. He's, he's Stretch Armstrong, yeah. You know, exactly. He stretches. You know, he's really good. But um, I think it's a brave film. I think, including a storyline... With the flashbacks being integrated, even in her own perception of reality, gives real weight to the feeling of doubt you have in your main character. Because let's not forget, this is a movie that's told in flashback. Uh, You know, this is six months earlier. Oh, yes, it starts in media res, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it gives you that feeling of maybe she did, maybe she is unstable. But we know that Catherine Heigl is really the unstable one. But. It's nice to have her friend, um, uh, you know, uh, Rosario Dawson's friend, being like, you're a survivor, you know? You faced life and death. Now you're just facing life, and that's okay. That was a line that, wow. Mm. Only good writers could come up with that. One thing that is kind of interesting, though, on that aspect of, like, oh, is she, like, you know... Crazy. ...level, like, is she crazy, is one of the points that we learn in that In Media Red scene is... Like, you were chatting to him on Facebook. I hate but already it's very clear that she doesn't have a Facebook. Which is my favourite. One of my favourite things about her character is she's like, I don't do Facebook because I'm a in strong, independent woman. Oh, she doesn't do Facebook because she had an abusive relationship earlier. Yeah, exactly. If you escape from one of those, one of the things you're not you, to do is have social media. Exactly. So, so she's... It's a sign of a dark past. It's a sign of a dark yeah. past. And to make the story more dramatic, they didn't, like, go with a boring thing like, oh, what's, what's that witness protection change your identity thing no, like no they're obviously. like you know what the restraining order's up the restraining order much more dramatic mm. yeah and you know yeah she didn't become Mrs. Thompson yeah. <laughs> like no she's she just moved to Southern Don't California Mrs. Conover soon though oh oh now more noises Ryan more oh <laughs> <laughs> give us a five star rating um thank you <laughs> it's like 
Um, if you like the Rugrats, you'll love Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. <laughs> Rugrats? <laughs> do they just do noises? Is that Sometimes. what you remember? That's what, the, that's what the adults hear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were just talking about like the theme song being a bunch of noises. I'm like, how dare you? I mean, music tends to be like good noises put together. Or bad noises. <laughs> you know, it depends if the music's any good. Hmm. Now, can we get to the main juicy part of when I get to questioning, which is, who's your favourite character? Clearly, ours is David. And if, but Bartek? But if you were not allowed to pick David or the glass... Oh, the, oh, the bottle, bottle, sorry. So <laughs> the bottle was pretty good. If I had to pick another character, it would be the dog at the end. Oh, the dog at the end brings the whole film together. The big white dog? Mm. I love him. Mm. Or her. I don't know. I didn't see if he had a penis. Mm. Um, but they were neutered, yeah. You? Me? Not, uh, I'm not neutered. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to look, the ladies. Look, zip. I zip my tracksuit pants that are green. And you see the pee-pee. You can't unzip tracksuit pants. But they're green, Ryan. <laughs> That's a true fact, guys. If you put Bartek in a film editing program, you could edit out his pants and put anything put there. Put film on there. <laughs> you could put his pants on his pants if you wanted to. If you wanted to. They probably have like a funky effect when I'm like dancing or something. And they're like not moving. <laughs> you could edit me to make me dance. We could do anything to you, buddy. Hey, but you have to wear green shoes. Do you have green shoes? <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Me, but if I can borrow them, then that's... Yeah, the look, here's how you fix that. I come to your Buy house Buy anyway, a can so. of spray paint that is green. Mm-hmm. And you can have green anything if you want. You know, green life. Um, Wait, what's the next step? You buy the paint and... You spray yourself. Mm. Oh, how'd that make my shoes green? You spray the, them green. Mm. Oh... So why do I spray myself? Because we can make all of you a film editing program. Is that worth? Is it worth it to make all of me? Yeah, yeah, it'll wash, oh, okay. it'll wash out. Okay, cool. I swear it'll wash out. Just imagine the effects. It would be great. Imagine the effects. And, now, Bartek, who's just, your favourite? My favourite character, character in this film? I would have to go with thinking. <laughs> Thinking's your favourite character, huh? Mm. No favourite character for Bartek. He can't think. I mean, look, there are a lot of... Strong, independent women characters. There are a lot of candidates in this film that could be a favourite character. And this isn't like a lot of other films where, you know, you might look for a comic relief character that you just really liked or, or, a, or a, you know, a, a joke answer like the glass bottle or something. That wasn't a joke. I know it wasn't a joke, mm-hmm. Ryan. We aren't joking around. I'm talking about the glass bottle in that other film. Mm. Oh, Schindler's List, yeah. Yeah. Hardly any characterization. <laughs> I like the one in Sophie's Choice. You know, that was a better character, that glass bottle. Yeah. Award winner. Mm. Yes. Um, but in this film, like, I won't go so far as to say, you know, it's super serious and, you know, it's all dark and stuff like that. Because there are lighter moments in this film. Light like her hair. Mm. And I think... Zario's hair's dark, actually. And it's worth acknowledging the fact that all of these characters are they're, they're deep. They're well written, um, and in a way, they're lovable because they are so true to life. Especially David. And that is what makes it hard to pick a favorite character in this film. And I'm sure I'll have an answer for you eventually. Can I pick yours? I yeah. What? Can I pick your favorite character for you? You can pick a candidate. I can you pick can nominate. one for you. You can nominate. How about the film itself is your favorite character? 
<laughs> oh man, that's such a good cop out. It's a deep answer. <laughs> it's really deep. No, Cop Out is a film by Kevin Smith with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. I think I've only seen one Kevin Smith film. Was it Tusk? No. Because Tusk is great. You should watch watch Tusk. Double feature it with yoga hoses, no, and saw, you're gonna have a great time. I saw the Ziri and Mac make a fuck. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one actually. That's one of the few I haven't seen. I have a I have a copy of Clerks on DVD, but I haven't watched it yet. It's okay. It's okay. weird. It's weird because that's like a cultural landmark of the time and whatever. But since I wasn't a stoner from the nineties, mm. it means nothing to me. <laughs> but it's okay if you like. If you like that, I would say watch Dogma. That's pretty good. I've Dogma's heard great. I've heard good things about Dogma. It has Alan Rickman in it. <laughs> I heard that um when Dogma was showing in theaters and everyone was protesting it, Kevin Smith joined the protest. Yeah, because he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a jerk. Uh, more rats is fun. <laughs> Stan Lee in it. Uh now Alana. Other than David, who's your favorite character? Oreo. Oreo the, the hamster. hamster. Nailed it. Don't even need to try. So both of you are picking animals. Mm. Well, yeah, I remember the dog. You're an ass. Oreo is just a great actor. It conveys the tension that is inherent to Can the run. Movie. Mm, perfect. And he's not a stinky red herring or anything like that. Yeah. No, he's a hamster. He's or a rat or a ferret. We don't know. He's a yeah. smell good. Yeah, somewhere in the small mammalian family. Oh my god, it's his beer. It's right in the markets. So I'm glad that they're selling his beer. With the shirts. You want a shirt? Yeah. How, how good would it be, actually, a lot? A lot of his birthday's coming up in a couple months. Mm. How good would it be if I actually got you a shirt of his beer? His beer. That would be pretty amazing, Ryan. How good would it be? I'd keep it forever. You would? It. You would love uh, She would love that. Spoiler alert. Very, that's what exactly I'm going to get. It'd kind of be a stealthy reference because the logo does look like a legitimate like, beer. Well, that's how... Yeah. I was saying this to a lot of Joe the film. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this, maybe. No, but you don't. No? Um, I reckon one of the funnest jobs ever yeah, would be to make up fake brands and names of companies and objects in movies. You know what I mean by that? Like, so yeah. coming up with the logo for the fake brand in the movie. Yeah, and being in charge of making things that look legitimate but are actually fictional products. Yeah, know? how good would that be? Like, it would be fun. We were talking about that with um the film Oh Brother, We're Out Thou, where the names of the hair gel are Dapper Dan and Fop. And I'm like, those are great. You know exactly what kind of hair jobs you're going to get with both of them. I would love that job, wouldn't you? That'd be great. And I think someone who ever came up with the fake T-shirt, like his T-shirt there, you know, you know what? I know that the T-shirt market has crashed because it was so prevalent in 2014. But you know what? I think your work is making it come back. So um, just let right, guys, let's give a little, little clap to the guys who designed uh, the shirt there. Ryan, you, this is a Warner Brothers film, right? Warner Bros, yeah. Warner Bros. The thing about the Warner Bros is, <laughs> apart from the fact that they're apparently Jewish Poles, you know, it's a fun fact. Wow, Hitler didn't get them? Uh, no. Um, you sure? Is, <laughs> did you know that Warner Brothers... Or Bros. Warner, the Warns do more than just one film? What, a they, year? They make other movies and products? You're so, joking. Like, Have we ever covered other Warner Bros films? Maybe. We'll have to look into that, that doesn't sound real. 
I don't believe that. But and I'm is, only for the facts. But look, Ryan, the fact is that they have oh, made films that. in the past and they're probably going to make films and TV whatever. Are they still films. around making films? Yeah. yeah. How old are they? I don't know. Ask Bugs Bunny. He's been hey, with Bugs. them for a long time. How yeah, old are... How what's old are, up, Jack? No, Daffy. I want to talk to Bugs. Uh, <laughs> whoa. I like you twizzling your mustache and your facial while you're doing it as well. Like, it's only for the visual. That's something I've been doing all episode. It wasn't for the... You did it specifically for your Daffy Bugs. So. I was thinking of the carrot, all right? I know you were. You have a real kind of phallic imagery going on today. So, what's up, Bugs? Um, how old is Jack Warner? Yeah, what's up, Jack? That's all you got. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, you know, you don't remember his other great quotes. Bugs, he has so many great quotes. Albuquerque. That's actually that's actually a legit one. Yeah, you know that. Oh, it's actually a real obscure one, but good one. I loved it. Mud spelled backwards. That was dumb. There you go. See, my favorite um, Looney Tune was Daffy Duck. I know. Uh, what about you, Bartek? I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I was more of a Popeye guy. Popeye? Yeah. You know Looney Tune, is he? No, I said because you were talking about like you liked Looney Tunes. I'm like, oh, I've always preferred Popeye. But, but if I had to pick yeah. a Looney, Looney Tune, you have to pick one. Um, I think I always remember liking, this is typical Bartek, he liked the cat. <laughs> Sylvester, Sylvester yeah. classic Bartek, typical Bartek. What about you, Alana? Um, I kind of liked the two dogs. Do you remember the giant dog and the little, like, chihuahua thing? Like the sheep dog? No, no, no. They, um... Oh no, this is gonna bother me. It's like a big bulldog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like the one that Sylvester doesn't yeah. like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sylvester, and he has like the little dog that he picks on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also like Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, Foghorn Leghorn. Definitely, and, um, as he grow up. He's... What was the what was um the name of the hen that he was always hitting on? I can't. The one who like was a prude <laughs> and <laughs> couldn't give any eggs, yeah, so that's why he would that. hit on her, huh? I remember that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Mum loved that chicken. I love that chicken, yeah. Or the one, or, or her nephew, the brainy chicken guy, the little brainy chicken that would I remember trap him. Foghorn Leghorn and death traps. Isn't he the one that never speaks? Yeah, yeah. I think. Remember the chicken hawk? Yes. Foghorn Leghorn was, actually, I, you know what? No, Daffy Duck. It's still Daffy. Daffy's the best. Uh, he has I'm the best, sh- he has the best ones, like the Robin Robin Hood one. Mm. I'm pretty Great. sure in the stand episode we talked a lot about Foghorn Leghorn because of M.M. Uh, at Walsh. M.M. at Walsh should play a Foghorn Leghorn, you're right. Anyway, hold on. Going. This scene's great, by the way. Going back. They're matching belts. We are talking about Warner Brothers. Yes, so Ryan, Warner Brothers, they still make films. I agree. And we were talking about that shirt. That shirt's probably in their costume department, so they could probably fit that shirt in other films as like a little reference to Unforgettable. Yeah, and that belt. And that was, yeah. And Which that was, the daughter's wearing too. Yeah. That's oh my god! They made one film but used the same prop twice. Wow! Oh, reference, fun fact, or a spin-off. Wow, it was in it earlier. Yeah. Anyway, we're at a key scene. I loved this scene. This is probably the quintessential scene in which she's just like, "Bitch, don't you get off that horse." To his daughter, to her daughter. Well, yeah, you know, she's not the most loving mum in the world. See, she loves too hard. That's the problem. Whereas Rosario doesn't loves too too soft. <laughs> yeah, that's their problems. If only they could. If only there was one individual who loved her normally. Oh, David! Oh, there you go! Which See? One's, which one's David? That was a joke, <laughs> I know who David is. Everyone knows David. Would you come into my podcast? Your podcast? Yeah, because you're kicked out for not knowing, making that joke. Get the 
fuck out of here, Vartek. Look, I thought... This know, isn't David podcast. It started out being a podcast about Unforgettable. Now it's David. I mean, look, earlier this year, you were making jokes about my brother dying. So you know, It's okay, because he is dead now, but David's Aww. still alive. <laughs> David's a hero, all right? But you called my brother a cunt. He Aww. is. Aww. But you know who isn't? David. <laughs> I love that guy. You know, he's fully fleshed out. He's three-dimensional. He's he's just handsome. <laughs> that was beneath well, my you. My brother's oh. handsome as well. Poor cunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, take that, Ryan Bartek's brother, Lartek. Ryan, you're a you're a little sibling. You don't understand the pain that older siblings feel. Yeah, Lana, tell me. Come on in, come on in. You're a constant thorn in my side, Ryan. It's because Alana kept rolling on me, that's why. Rolling on you. Rolling on with the... with the Fucking little siblings don't understand rolling shit. They don't. I can't believe it. (laughs) They don't understand nothing, and you big siblings don't understand nothing, alright? I'm one of the cool... I'm the cool kid now. I use Bebo. (laughs) You don't understand, man. What's your latest Bebo quiz? Who's the best Bebo account? The answer's me. <laughs> Typical little sibling quiz. Do you remember the early days of the internet? Of course. And what you did on there? Played a lot of Flash games on the Cartoon Network website. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you play um that one of Lilo and Stitch where you have to make a sandwich? Maybe. I remember I played... There was like a... Oh my god, Droopy the dog versing oh. the, the wolf guy in like blackjack and that's how I learned to play blackjack and my dad saw me playing it and I was like, oh my god, they're teaching you how to play this on this website? <laughs> Sounds like your dad was the psycho ex. <laughs> I should have given, I give your mum an apology, a singular one. Um, I remembered I played that Lilo and Stitch one where you play as like the yellow creation one from the was TV like a show. One or something? No, he was just a fat yellow one who loves sandwiches. Okay. And he, the whole game is like pieces of stuff to go on your sandwich, and you have to collect them and make a really tall sandwich and dodge the ones that are bad, like bad rotten food or whatever. That was the best. Or 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 yeah, I played games too. Alana, you're you're older. What did you get up to when the internet first started? Oh, I had screen pets. She had screen pets. I had like a dozen screen pets. Well, there's like desktop buddies or something. Yeah, yeah, they were like a little cat that would stroll across the screen. Yeah. My favorite. You also used to partake in, um, I guess, social media of the day. Oh, yeah, back on the forums, the old forum boards, as we used to call them. Mm. Um, what was the one forum you went to all the time? There was the one where you had... You Council had, like, of Elrond? No, there was one where you had the little avatar, oh, and the Gaia more... Oh, Guy Online. That, that Gaia, was later. That oh, Guy Online. Yeah, yeah, that was later days. That was, yeah. I remember, that was I, young I was me. temporarily on that one. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I just remembered that you're like, the more you use it, the better outfits your avatar gets. And yeah, like, oh, yeah, Pretty much. Definitely a little Skinner boxer for Ward. Yeah, I'll admit, I used it when I was like bored in Poland when I was visiting once. Yeah, that's Poland. how you use Gaia online when you're bored. In- <laughs> so Is it still it's, around? Yeah, it's still, yeah around. it's still around. Can we use it now? Could use I mean, you'd have to minimize the film, and do we want that? Because David's on right now. David. This be, is David David's getting... about to get it. Yeah. Get it good. Not not like he's gonna get like told off or anything. He's just gonna get. Possible. He's gonna get the V in his middle name. He's getting the sex <laughs> in, in his, his middle his middle name. Sex during this meeting. And he's gonna use both ends of the table. 
Yeah, at opposite ends. They're sitting at opposite ends of the table, but, like, not looking at each other. Yeah, like, not at each head of the table or anything crazy like that. No, she was just off to the side, well down the She's going to play with his other head. (laughs) Mm, I love this great film editing in which they're having... The head of the penis. They're having sex... Two individuals together, and then she's masturbating to her own power trip and revenge. Yeah. What's the two exes? Oh, together. yeah. The two exes mm. together. That's actually good. See symbolism? Mm. Oh, he just goes straight down on a classic David. Classic he just David. goes down straight away. So they down both to the have evil exes, but which one has the evilest ex. Ooh, good question, good question. Evilest ex? I would have to say... Hmm... I mean, I kind of think that Tessa is the evilest ex, but maybe that's just because we don't get to see enough of Michael. Michael. Well, I guess Rosario she, has physical scars from Michael. I guess she technically is the mastermind ex. I think the evilest ex is Jason Bateman in the film The Ex. Mm. Uh, where he's technically an ex because he pretends to be in a wheelchair. He is the titular ex, right? The titular ex. Because they never dated, they just had sex once, so he's the ex. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that film where it was kind of like, oh, the title is not entirely accurate. Like, unlike this film. Which is unforgettable, yeah. This film is so good. The title matches. I like how they look really upset. She looks more upset. He looks upset for David. Yeah. He's always happy. Why are they so upset? Like, I get why she would be. Why is he? He's like, yeah. Maybe, maybe he prefers it to be a bit more romantic. No, he, you know, he's more of a businessman. Like, mm. you know, let's have a bed. Yeah. Like, yeah. he didn't He didn't technically give consent at any point. I I, I think I feel like, you know, through his actions, he's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. But, he's, yeah, he's, but he probably wouldn't have thought to initiate it, like, here. Like, there are people in the yeah, other room. Yeah, They're like, listening. Dinner like you said, businessman. There's a business thing kind of going on. Yeah. yeah, well, he sorted out his wife's business. <laughs> or his bee, or her bee snatch. <laughs> oh! Future, future wife, Ryan. Oh, sorry, sorry, I should get it right. Future wife, yeah. It is actually worth, you know... Bringing Noting? Up, bringing up the room here, Ryan, because not only do we have, like, you know... This it's always woman, worth bringing up the room. The blonde, evil woman who was once a lover and she has a domineering mother. I think Tommy Wiseau might have... You know, he's mysterious. He probably He's probably a time traveller. Probably went to 2017, saw this film and thought, yes... I'll make something similar. Um, I'll add in some of my own personal drama. But he's and I'll have a fake accent. You know, I went to his Wikipedia page yesterday. Apparently... He's Polish. Apparently he's Polish. But he's not really... No one knows still, because that's revealed in a documentary that he has no part in and hates. Yeah, but it's... So, it's, you never know. He could it's be... It's a bizarre possibility, because he doesn't sound Polish. He doesn't sound anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. He he spent time in France, apparently. Grew up in Oklahoma. <laughs> I miss you, Julia. Now, isn't this how photos load? Yeah, this is definitely how all photos I've ever received load. Don't you agree, Bartek? When I say it's, new it's, photos, don't you get them like this? It's a bit exaggerated. You know, sometimes it's like a little bit blurry. That was like, that was super kind of blurry. She must be in a place with bad internet. It's... She's using an Apple computer, and you know what they say. Well, you know, Ryan, Mac I users think... get bad photos. Well, Ryan, haven't you heard the internet's not very good in certain parts of America? We Australians should be very sympathetic to them. D, come home, I need to talk to you. And it's David. No. No, it's not David, it's her friend. It's her friend Dean. 
Hey, it's me, Dino. I'm in the building now and I want to be your friend. And she's like, no, not Dean. I meant David. Uh-oh. She cut her daughter's hair. That's the punishment? Mm. I didn't know. Like, when I, when I watched it, it's true a lot. I was like, what what happened? Mm. Like, Didn't oh, she cut her hair. And I'm like, oh. Is... Didn't you see the hair get cut? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I didn't note that that was the punishment. Oh, it totally is. It's... Well, she, because she... it was Irene. I was just like, you did this to her, didn't you? Oh, dude. But it was, didn't you? It was juxtaposed with her making a statement like, this is what happens to happen or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but, like, Rosario Dawson's like, What? Because yeah. Rosario Dawson wasn't there for the haircut scene. Look, I will admit. Yeah, but cutting a little girl's hair is a pretty big thing. I will admit, big maybe, deal. maybe it would. Look been, at your hair. <laughs> maybe look, maybe it would have been more effective for the film if we, I don't know, maybe had some line about you know Lily liking her long hair or something. Mm, like that. Looking like mommy. Because you know it, it would kind of tie things together, but you can probably imagine like, oh, little girl has had long hair the whole movie. Let's just go out on the limb and say she likes having long hair. Mm. I like that this scene here. She, uh, Rosario Dawson, sees that she on purposely does it, but still has enough doubt after this scene to be like, I think she pushed herself. I'm not too sure. It's like, are you sure? I mean, it was a, like, it was kind of a really to... convincing fall. It's not like she well, she like, legitimately it, fell. She definitely yeah. fell. But look at the acting here. This is just top notch. Oscar win. Mm. David, I mean. You know, look at him. He looks... He's like, what's going on? I just came home. Yeah, if you blur, I brew beer. Yeah, if you blur his face, you could probably imagine he's the model for the Oscar. Mm. He is the Oscar. He is. Yeah. Isn't he stand up straight for a moment? Yeah, he, he looks like he's got a... You know, stand up build. straight, David. Gee, oh my God, it's... Oh my God. I can see Leonardo DiCaprio holding him. Yeah. Wow, you, wow we nailed this. Bartek, that's probably the most... You know, like most spot-on observation we have ever made, anyone has ever made in this podcast, and that's keeping in the fact that one of the first things I said in this episode was that Ryan made a really good introduction, and that's very perceptive of you. Mm. Or deceptive of you. You could be <laughs> deceiving me. You could be setting me up for the almond punchline at the that, end, where you're like, "You fucking sucked that at that is intro." True. At one point, I pretended I was, you know, Daffy Bugs. At one point, he pretended that he didn't say that Daffy's his favourite. But he's not. I, I, yeah, you pretended that I have a, he is your favourite. See, so you're pretending now. See, so great pretend. I have a Daffy toy at home in my room. Yeah, uh, there you go. So he's your favourite. I just have to... He's covered in a lot of dust. Though. He's the god of anger. Um, I, I thought when this scene happened that she was going to apply more makeup to look like it was even more of a bruise, but then she's like, nah, I'm just, I'm just perfect. Yeah. She's pretty perfect. Alana, well, you, you're a woman, some could argue. <laughs> a monster, most would agree. Most would agree. Most would agree. Should we have a debate? Ah, uh, no, I don't need to. Fam, fam knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a brother, you know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wear makeup? Uh, I honestly, I have been known hmm. to wear makeup for costumes. For costumes? Well, could you uh, could you say that Catherine Heigl's character is wearing a costume every day? Oh, every day. It, she is in, eternally in a mask or a persona. I was about to say it, but that's you said Latin. It. Oh. That's Latin. <laughs> Slatin. Mm. Yeah. That's is was that like Latin but with an extra s? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. It's like slack Latin. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. So, so isn't it beautiful that this scene has David in a singlet? Hmm. I think we can all appreciate this. It and adds so much to his character. We know David; he's great. 
And the thing about David is he's trying to understand both sides, but guess what? He points out that neither side is taking him into consideration. That's the thing, you know. I don't want to get emotional. That's the thing, though, about being a man. Is <laughs> no one ever takes your side into consideration, think, you know? I think maybe, you know... Because bitches be crazy. I, I Look, this film is standalone. You can just watch it in the context of this universe. You don't have to bring politics into, like, you know, the the time it was made into the film. Hold on to the politics as it's well. An <laughs> film. But, but, you know, I, I can imagine some people might, like, hear that line and think of, you know, that one American dude who's, like, leading the country or whatever, talking about how, like... Obama, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah talking about how, like, both sides being at fault in certain <laughs> tense Classic arguments. Obama. Right, we're still in 2008, yeah? <laughs> yeah, this this is a time travel piece. Yeah, we're still in the happy days. Ryan. Been, Those happy days, we can. Sh- yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan and I are in year nine in two thousand eight. So you know, we we maybe I don't know. Well, I was in year nine in two thousand eight. Were you? I was. Were you? Yeah. Were you really? Yes. Sure. I'm pretty sure you would be too. Sure. I didn't know you then. You were probably just. Two thousand eight. You sure? Probably just some loser, but you sure about two thousand eight being you know? You know, two thousand eight. Yeah. You sure? Mm-hmm. You want to make the maths clear on that one? Yeah. And the schedule that in. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying. <laughs> me down. <laughs> I don't know. Is it two thousand eight? Yeah. Oh, you not year eight? Year again? No. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Is it? S- nice? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lana. Our best friend is here again. She's got glasses. Now, that's just very important because it's like her friend has sight problems, but she takes her glasses off to see. <laughs> this movie really deals with the senses, doesn't it? It's tactile. But you know what? Tactile. This film... That's my new word. Another thing I could really appreciate about this film is it sort of at times reminded me of one of the films we did last year, The, the Boy Next Door. It didn't necessarily have that kind of, like, you know, immoral uh, teacher sleeps with student thing, and that's kind of like a niggling thing in the back of your mind. It's like, oh, she technically did wrong, but not really. That one had a key character, Kristen Chenoweth, I believe. Everyone's key character is Kristen Chenoweth. With uh, her being, like, a best friend, and the best friend does not walk out of the film uh, in one piece. Uh, Yeah, that's right. She's dead. But in this film, and... (laughs) I just remembered this, Ryan. I I didn't think to bring this up, but I like is memory. Memory. Did you read the IMDb trivia? Yes, I did. Did you read the spoiler? Yes. Trivia? Body count two. two. Oh boy! And none of them were the best friend. They were both the villains of the film. Well, yeah, you know. The, the two people who we were arguing was who was the worst ex. Both of them. IMDb and says, we were wrong. You know who the worst ex is. Ex-mother-in-law. Oh. 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 Unfortunately, it wasn't... Hold on to that, because we get a Marvel-like stinger about it. Unfortunately, you know, the director looked at the IMDb trivia and saw that it was body count two. He's like, okay, well, when I make the film, I can only kill two people. (laughs) Because he's a time traveler as well. The, the The director's a woman. Oh, I'm so sorry. How could you forget I talked about that? That was my thing, feminism. Oh, look, here's the strawberry cutting scene. Hashtag fuck you, Bartek. No, look look at this, Bartek. <laughs> She's cutting up the strawberries, eating them, and her mug is like, I think it's a mug from from her office. It has a corporate writing on it saying like, you know. Number know. one website. No, or, you know, something things. like, you know, statistics, <laughs> you know, or something. Uh, business word. Yeah, business, business, business word, jargon. Synergy. 
Synergy. I love the shopping list. She needs broccoli. I liked how this guy kind of looks like Vince Colosimo, which means he looks like our friend Sorap. A little. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, different, but obviously it's not Sorap. Sorab, if you're listening to this, which I doubt, um, if you were in the Sorab film Unforgettable, could you tell us? We're all going to look it up. We just want you to tell us right if now. If you weren't, you don't have to tell us. And then I phoned him, record his answer, and edited it into the podcast. But that will screw up the timing, like, for the audience that are listening to the, I mean, watching the film while listening to the episode. Nah, that'll be fine. Unless you put it over us talking. Yeah, like, you hear us talking <laughs> now, then you hear Sorab <laughs> over... We're yes. like, oh no, Ryan, it wasn't me, man. Like, unforgettable. I don't know that film. Could you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah, it's the film in which your character beats Rosario Dawson and you get killed. Ah, oh, no, man, I'm pretty sure that wasn't me. Are you sure? It looks like you, man. No, no, not me, man. Not me. Sounds like someone who beats Rosario Dawson. And let's be quiet now for 20 seconds to fit in his, you know, monologue that he gives us to, as an excuse. Nah, let's not. But then he'd be talking over us. Yeah, exactly. That's what Actually, I mean. that'd be pretty funny. That's what I mean. No silence, guys. He smashed her face mm. into that cabinet real good. Yeah, he's sorry about it. He's sorry, though. Yeah, he's right. sorry. You know, A with lot. assholes like this, when they say sorry, it means it's okay. That's what... Uh, oh, he hugged her. He goes, it's all right. What the fuck? It's all right. Okay. Fuck. Screams. Screams. And well, she doesn't, he doesn't do screams. She's screaming. She's overreacting a little, I think. A knife, really? Like, no, he's hugging you. Pretty fair. He did just, like, hit her face into uh, the cupboard. I mean, yeah, but stabbing Alana? She can't make the comparison. I mean, sometimes you don't fight fire with fire. I mean, I know I said that we do earlier, but it's okay. Well, you know what, Ryan? I think one of her problems is that she doesn't know Sorab, so she can't make the connection of, like, you look like a nice guy named Sorab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's her problem. She stabbed him in the leg. And it went in real deep for, you know, a fairly weak wristed well, stab. No, Rosario's really good at hand jobs, so she has a real good wrist action. But, Ryan, earlier we only established that he was the blow job. Yeah. Well, she gives... No, she... Yeah, well, no, maybe she does it a bit more... She gives... No, she gives David blowjobs, and she gives this guy handies. Makes sense. Okay. See, she took photos just then. When she was leaving, and then we never see these photos play out ever again. Well, I guess she well, we never really got to the scene of her masturbating to it. To happen. I figure she wanted to just present David with the photos. Yeah, it'd be like, she murdered him. Mm. But she wha- she whacks him before she can show She him. whacks him. Whacks him real good. When's Christopher Walken going to show up in this movie as the detective? I'm... As the chief of police, Christopher Walken, he comes in and is like... Guys, she didn't do it, clearly. Well, why don't you pick a film where he does that, Ryan? Okay. I don't know if he ever plays a police officer, really. Well, I talked about a game, a full motion video game where he does. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Let's play, what is what game, sorry? It's called Ripper. (laughs) There you go. Let's do that, Alana, next time you're going. We're going to do a full motion video game of Christopher Walken. We'll we'll do commentary over a long play of the game. Let's play Christopher Walken's motion picture game. Well, we'll do a long play. Is that what they call it? Well, long plays are like Let's Plays, but there's no commentary. It's just a full playthrough as if you're, you know, playing the game. Normally. No, no, that's commentary through it. Yeah, we'll do the commentary, but we'll do it over a long play. I don't know what the difference really is, to be honest. Let's Play is you're playing it and talking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Let's you play it. actually play it. We actually, well, we have to get the game first. Yeah, yeah obviously. 
You want a game with Christopher Walken in it? Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) Is he a fucking idiot? I think so. He's a fucking dumb nut. Of course I do. Bartek, you gotta locate this down for me next year. Next year when Alana's around, we can play it. I'll be all about that game. Uh, What's happening here? (laughs) That's me playing the game. You know what? There's actually other famous actors in it. There's uh, Paul Giamatti's in it. Fuck. Reese Davies. I'm actually actually throwing down my headphones (laughs) because the podcast is done. You've already said Paul Giamatti. You didn't even need to say anyone else. Was Paul Giamatti Christopher his son? I think he plays like a forensics guy. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, he should have been in this movie as her dad. (laughs) Where's her dad? Who is Catherine Heigl's dad? That's right. The person whose house she tried to burn down. But he didn't die. He did not die, nor did his new wife. Wouldn't it be great if her dad was Robert Redford? That'd be pretty awesome. (laughs) It would be pretty great, actually. Like, nice guy Robert Redford. (laughs) And he's like, yo, it's me, Robert Redford. That's how he sounds. Mm. I've nailed that impersonation down. I've worked on that for years. Hey, it's me, Robert Redford. Yeah, I'm a good guy. Think he is enough dynamite there, Butch? I don't know what they're quoting there, but, uh, you know, it could be anything. I can't swim. Oh, oh, I know that quote. I know that quote. That's him when he's drowning in real life, yeah. <laughs> I can't swim! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. There's, you know there's a movie of Robert Redford that's two hours long where there's no dialogue. It's just him on a sinking boat trying to make his boat not sink. Really? Yeah. It's a real movie. Can we have a remake of that with our friend Will Brooks? <laughs> where he says nothing as well? No, no. That's what he says. He can no, make noises no. like when he messes up. He goes, oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Robert Redford does those things, but he doesn't really say much dialogue. If he does, he says like, ah, oh, fuck, when he cuts himself or something. But that's about it. Oh, that's the whole movie. People in, who don't oh, speak man. English can understand that. They're like, oh, that's the swear word everyone knows. Yeah, the swear word everybody knows. I once watched a video on YouTube that was. I've whole, watched videos on YouTube. The, a lot. Pre- the premise of the video was like, oh, what English sounds like to non-English speakers, and you know, it was obviously all gibberish. But then there are parts where they're like, you fucking asshole, mm-hmm. implying that like, oh, other people, other language background people would understand. Oh, uh, uh, you fucking asshole. Oh, I love that female cop there. Why'd you marry her? Mm-hmm. I can't, man, because I haven't murdered her. <laughs> I've only into murders. She's a cop. That would be like opposites attract. Opposites attract. Oh, they do attract, though, right? They do. But do they really? I mean, I'm on the podcast with you. I've ch- I'm choosing to be here. Uh, you're my opposite, are you? We're the same person. Alana said this at the start, and if Lana says it's true, well, I mean, then it's true. We're the same Fact in the sense confirmed. that we merged, not that we originated together. How do you know? Were you there? I assume you must have been. What was the story we were telling that you ate me and I had the souls with you? Or was that something else that I was doing? <laughs> I don't know. Did you eat me out? I didn't know what you asked. No, we, we, ta- we were talking about, you know, you eat someone, you become poo, but souls don't become poo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you eat someone? I think that was Alana, a this, conversation. Alana, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you believe if the idea that uh, if you eat someone, you can you, you consume them, they're now you. But when you poop them out, mm-hmm. they're no longer there, but is their soul able to be pooped out? Well, presumably you don't poop all of them out. Some of that has just been integrated into you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. all food. It's that age-old question of if I eat enough pizza, will, pizza? Will, how much percentage of me will become pizza? It's a good question. Yeah. If you eat something that just finished eating human flesh, do you eat human flesh? Oh, that's exactly it, yeah. Mm. Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay, I don't that's mind Metal Gear Solid 3. It's number two that I have a problem with. If you, like, with. kill someone on top of the mountains and the vulture pecks at them and you kill the vulture and eat it, you can have an optional conversation about it. <laughs> there you go. 
Do you burn clothes, Bartek? Have you ever burnt your clothes? No, I've burnt paper before. Really? Fuck paper. (laughs) Oh, not David, though. Because I was saying, wouldn't the clothes clothes smell? Probably, yeah. And he doesn't smell them. She's burning, like, gloves, so, you know, they're... Gloves? No. She's burning... Yeah, she's burning gloves, but she's burning, like... I know that, Ryan, because because I didn't know what she was burning, so I paused the film and checked the (laughs) synopsis. The synopsis? The plot plot, uh, summary. What? You just didn't rewind it and be like, oh, it's this clearly. Well, she I could throws it in. Why she I doesn't close clearly. the fire grate to hide this somewhat. Because she wants to or die. Or just like, you know, stay away and be like, yeah, it's just fire. Because she wants to keep poking it with the fire poker. <laughs> Don't you like fire? There's tickets on the um, phone mm. thing there for something. What's that? What's that? What's that phone? How did she not grab those tickets? There were these two tickets that were jammed into like... The backing of that that phone. Were they like ads or something? Yeah, or like free coupons. How did she not take those coupons? Like, oh, rip me off to well, not rip me off, but like rip to. Yeah, or whatever, or like, like cards like, or vouchers or. Yeah, like, something if you're like. interested, call me. Here's rip off a thing. I'll have the number. Don't you want that? Oh, now this is a great scene, David. Alana, could you ex- explain the scene that David's going to be a part of for, for the general listening people? Because it's pretty great. Oh, David is confronting his ex-wife about having burned some gloves and I think a shirt. <laughs> yeah. And sees that she's wearing the ring that she could have easily put in her pocket. But she doesn't have pockets. She's wearing a smock. She's wearing a smock for some <laughs> reason. A white smock. Very, you know, Angelic. symbolism. And the Polish word smock means dragon. It does. Yeah. Alana confirmed that, so that means it's true. You're yeah. not lying. I once watched a random video filled with Polish words, and I remembered that one because it looked like smoke. Yeah. So it's easy to remember. There you go. Yeah, smock's also similar. Like, I think it might even be the word for, like, the dummy that, like, pacifies. Oh, so they smoke, they suck on dragons, huh? They suck on dragons in Poland. I knew that's why they were so tough. Now, what's this? David is, like, seeing that this ex-wife is a crazy bitch, you know, murderer, mm-hmm. uh, all that, and he says, Tessa! I'm going to get you help. And then just decides, guy, look at him. sees that she has a fire poker in her hand, and he's like, I'm going to get my daughter now. Fire poker, Ryan? I thought she had a sword. No, it's a fire poker. But Ryan, she uses it like a sword so much. Oh, well, if you use something like a sword, then it becomes a sword. Mm-hmm. Alana... She, she clearly believes it's a sword. Alana yeah. is an expert on swords because she uses objects like swords every day and actual swords. And actual swords, yes. But if you use an actual sword like a normal object, does it no longer become a sword? Tricky. That's it. Like, if you use it as a vibrator, does it no longer become a sword? I think you have a lot of problems if you use your sword as a vibrator. <laughs> or you're really strong. Or you're really strong. Um, well, there are, there are restaurants you can go to where they serve food on swords. On vibrators? Oh, sorry. Or, probably also on vibrators, but definitely on swords. In which case you have to ask, is that a sword or is it just... A, a vibrator. Or a vibrator. And then they say... Well, if you want to find out it's a vibrator, you, well, right, you get on all fours. If you're going to make food that like you have to stir in a bowl, why don't you use a vibrator instead? It'll yeah. vibrate and you can stir. Make, that That's actually sense. a really good idea. Yeah. Why do people use this shake weight to lose weight more often? You know, these are the because questions I was on South Park and they're like, oh, it must be silly. <laughs> hey, South Park, stop it. 
Stop it right now, okay? You've gone too high up on your horse there. <laughs> it's a great, beautiful from the world. It's a great product. We're not sponsored by Shake Weight, but I would recommend buying two of them and aiming them towards your mouth. Mm-hmm. And if you buy them in the next thirty seconds, then you can get a second one for free. Yeah. If you buy two of them, just then you'll call buy a second one. Which some would say third one, but just it's call Danzo Direct. It's marketing marketing trick. I love tricks. Mm-hmm. I did mention earlier that I'm a master of tricks. I and think I questions. Kind of. I said that you're a cheap trick. <laughs> so, Bardic, here's a question. Now I'm going to ask you. It's very important that you, you really factor in I'll what you're going to ask. I'll answer it, Ryan. I'll answer it, Ryan. Okay. Did. Me. Did you. Did I? Okay. This is serious. Oh, I'll stop being <sighs> Stop being serious. Stop being serious. Stop being really stupid now. No, no, no. Be serious. Were you upset with the outcome of the fight? I... I was of two minds about the progression of the fight, but it was an irrational thing. It's that whole thing of... I know this isn't a horror film, but talking about stereotypical... Uh, horror audiences when a fight breaks out you're you're still the viewer mm. you're not in the universe you're not in danger it's not you being captain hindsight but it's you being like oh, the most ideal thing you could have done there was like i don't know swiped grabbed the weapon and retaliated mm. but you didn't do it you were just busy choosing to be scared instead there How was dare a, you? There was a bit of that going on, and I like mainly I was joking about you know oh she uses it like a sword even mm-hmm. though really it's not a sword and but you know what I I feel like she's kind of at her breaking point at this point so you know the logic isn't necessarily there and and our hero Julia is uh, currently in a lot of uh, fear like I think at this point I was like swipe it and then charge her or like grab yeah. it or something. Because, because, yeah, it's not really a tip. End her now! And, and like, even what she does is, you know, she pulls it away so she can slash. Well, I think it's also because, like you said, it's not a tip thing, so it's, like, facing on the, like, it points on the outside, so when she does swing it, she would stab her if she hits her with it. Yeah, but, like, from that point onwards, like, what's she gonna, like, thrust forward and, like, oh, that hurt, but it's not, it didn't pierce me. No. But look, I can forgive all that because this is the climax of the film and it was very dramatic. Okay, now, Alana, were you happy with the outcome of the fight? I was not. I was really rooting for Tessa in this fight. I wanted her to win. I wanted um, Julia to be framed for the murder of David and for Tessa to get full custody of the child. Just win been great so maybe it was an unforgettable resolution oh julia is finding her inner strength like every woman does yeah she actually does do some decent counters yeah Yeah. especially considering her knee is probably broken at this point from having been cracked in the kneecap was hit from the back but yeah true yeah does the back of your knee count as your knee what do you call that No, 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 no. What I'm saying the is... The knee pit. What I'm saying is I think it'd be harder to break the knee from the back. You, I mean, you'd, you'd bend. That's true. You sort of absorb it and react. She's not know? She's not limping, though. If you hit it from the front, I think that's my, much higher chance of being My broken. favourite part of this whole entire fight scene is Catherine Heigl's outfit is so absurd. <laughs> 
Like, you know, she just looks like a, like a weird kind of nun flying at you with like how... Kind like, of ghosts. Yeah, ghosts. Like yeah. like the Blair Witch is attacking her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see like out of context that this kind of look of a character being like, um, maybe like a virginal sacrifice or something. It's also great because throughout prophet. the whole film, she's always worn tight outfits and now she's wearing like loose free-flowing kind of outfits like mm. she's it's kind of like a symbolism it's a great visual symbolism it's again showing not telling where it's like at this point she's now free and comfortable because her plan has succeeded definitely a big uh contrast to what you mentioned earlier the belt belt mm. is like a tightening thing that you put on yourself to keep everything together but this is a very free-flowing it's free-flowing you know could have used a belt it would look nice you do tend to wear tighter clothes clothes when you uh, ride horses. What's her plan with David? Uh, Catherine Heigl's plan? Yeah. It almost seemed like she wanted to kill him. But that wow. kind of goes against like she what was, she says. She was tending him. I think she was just going to try to keep him forever. Because I, I feel like with the tape, my interpretation was she wants to kill him but not have him make noise. But then you could just stab him in the but isn't brain. She, but isn't she sort of obsessed with him? Yeah, I think she was going to keep him captive what? forever. No, 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 no. Is this the resolution no, 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 that you no. didn't... Rosario say? Dawson says, it's, this hasn't. This isn't about David. Remember during their fight? It's not really about David. It's not really about the daughter. It's just about this power trip kind of thing, you know? It's not even about Rosario Dawson. It's just, a, it's, it's just about Catherine Heigl has just been a person who's broken her whole entire life, and she wants the power. And now she's going to get the power... By giving it to someone else and then taking it away. Even in a final act, she's a bitch. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, I didn't know whether to interpret that as is does she want to frame her even in her final moments or what? Or is she just like, I'm done? She's just done. And thanks for holding it for me. Now I can done myself. <laughs> yeah, I love the blood on the back of her blonde hair. <laughs> that scene, a lot of movies don't put that touch in. No, that's attention to detail, which this movie has been full of. Did you hear about David? He's full of detail. Full of detail. Full of it. Dude, I heard that he's. Did the you model. taste it? I heard that he's the model for the Oscar. Mm. I hear he's up for winning his own model from this performance. The character or the actor? Didn't I say the character's name David? He is David. There is no actor. This is a biofilm of David. Oh, okay. He had a crazy ex-wife played by Catherine Heigl. So, she went crazy. So because he's not. Fully conscious in this scene is is it taking like some liberties? No, they're recounting what he saw in his like dazed state. He was like, "I saw a knife." And okay. That's it. So in a way, it's he's the one sort of taking liberties. And at the end of the movie, he's narrating it for no reason to his grandkids. Mm-hmm. That's how I met your grandmother, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> and then they're like. Who are you, old man? <laughs> like some guy who's broken into their house. David wouldn't do that. No, he's such a good guy. No, he's such a good guy. He didn't mean to. It's like a crazy hijinks movie called David's Day Out. <laughs> maybe he was just... <laughs> he was just broken out maybe, of the maybe, Okay, maybe, maybe it was something more innocent. Like, he knocked on the door, the parents answered, Kai, can I use your phone? Sure. No. You're David. We won't have to supervise. We trust you. Yeah, and then when he's done with the phone, he's waiting for the parents to come back. The kids are there. It's like, oh, I'll tell them a story. Hmm. But he, you know, he forgets to introduce himself. This is a story about David. <laughs> 
I like how the cop's sorry now for being a total prick the entire movie. Yeah. You know the police, they're pricks. Well, Ryan, you know, it's... Hey, is mommy dead? Yeah. It's a tough job, Ryan. You have to be suspicious of people. Mommy! <laughs> while also keeping up the innocent until proven guilty. Well, yeah, yeah. I like how um, the cop showed the uh, David the evidence. Yeah. Like it's a just, wedge to drive into your relationship. Uh, I like how this movie took place in the span of a year. The year, it? yeah, because it was six months earlier. Then we went through the six months. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and now we're six months later, so yeah, you're it's right. a year. You're a year right. six long. Six plus six is twelve, and twelve is a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is. Uh, oh, they kept Mr. Weasel. The toy, mm-hmm. not David. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fox. Uh, you know, not a silver fox, though. Not a silver one yet. He's not yet. Da- he's David. He's David. Jesus. So. David Jesus? <laughs> Do we actually hear his last name in any yeah, point? Conover. Conover. Oh, that's right, yes. Conover. Like, but he's not a con artist. It's really he's weird. over it. He's over being a con artist. I love now Bartek. A lot of. You love now Bartek? I love now Bartek, but I also hate you. Um. I love this moment. This is actually my favorite moment. A lot of I laughed at this when she picks up her mail and then a and then bunch of the teenagers teens. say, hey. hey. Like, you know, we all say hey to Rosario Dawson picking up her newspaper in the morning. Every time. Well, you know, it's a sign that she's integrated in this community. Like, hey. You know, contrasting before where they were talking about, oh, you know, it's, it's hard moving. Here, no. she's moved again and... She's moved she, back to where she was from. She's comfortable. No, she's moved back to where she was from originally. Yeah, but it's still moving. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Uh, that, no. The coffee? Yeah, the coffee mug from her work. Oh. You can see it's got that font. See? Oh, there she is. Best uh, The dog and the best friend. Oh, we, we found out the dog's name. I, I missed that. Well, what was it? It's Humphrey. So it's a boy. Yeah. Or a girl, don't know. Don't want to judge. Uh, Hear that Humphrey Bogart? You might be a girl. But he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Or she. Yeah, 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 yeah. Humphrey B. Bear? You don't wear pants. I can see your dick, but there is none. There so is that means you're a girl. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like Squidward and Daffy Duck. And Actually, I'm going to blow your mind. Characters. I once met a woman who was Prime Possum. How was that experience? It was pretty amazing. Uh, we were over in the UK, and she dropped the bomb that she had been Prime Possum once, and her husband looked at her... With this look of complete confusion and bafflement. Didn't know. Being a Londoner. And it was like, what is a prime possum? Good question. Bartek, answer. Prime possum, it's mm. alliteration. <laughs> Bartek wouldn't know what prime possum is. <laughs> it's a possum that was like a it, mascot for the TV channel Prime. Her hair has grown okay. a lot in six months. Who is Arias? Uh, the little girls. Oh, you know, extensions exist. It's true. Mommy, can I wear her dead hair? That's you can, daughter. Her hair was quite tangled. You know, though. I... Yeah, well, she's a bad daughter. Ryan, the subtitle said that it Thumbs was improved over. by, you know, a guy. I think the film didn't need to be improved. But it's very nice that people look at this film and say, I want it to be even better than it is. Mm. Can we talk about that ending, though? Yes. The, the reveal that should. it's the grandmother that's at the door. And she's like, it's okay. I'm home, and I'm here now, and then Rosario Dawson's like, Oh, God! Oh, God! I can't wait for the sequel. Again. I, it begins again! I can't wait for the sequel. That's going to come out next year. 
Unforgettable to Nana's home. And then it's just Lovey's like, home. What was it? Lovey's home. Lovey's home. And the poster is a cr- the poster is that all crocheted. <laughs> It'll be like uh, beginning cross stitched on beginning of Back to the Future Two, where they show the last what? scene from the first film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The different actress. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, they do that exactly to the T. So the film has ended, unfortunately. David, thank you, thank you, Lee David Lee. Mm. Uh, enough Lees in there. <laughs> I don't think so. Put some hey, more. Look, Billy A. Fox is he related to Michael Fox? Potentially. Doesn't doesn't seem like he doesn't it's have a J. Beating. Oh well. So the film's over, and we're gonna give our reviews and our ratings and read some rev- comments from. Wow. Read some comments from uh, YouTube and read some reviews from IMDb. I'm gonna go straight off the bat. David, five stars. Mm. Five star character. Five star character in five a senses. ten. Mm. In a 10-star film, and that's not even my rating. That's just me reviewing right now. This film, Unforgettable, is truly memorable. Mm. This is a film that came out this year and already has become an unappreciated masterpiece. That's the thing. It's not necessarily the factor of time that can make you an unappreciated masterpiece, you know? It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, like, you have to wait five years to really know if it's unappreciated. Sometimes... It can be the day it's released. You can know an unappreciated masterpiece Apparently has happened. The American Humane Association oversaw the uh, some of the action-filled animal scenes. Oh, I love those scenes. Oreo was running really fast. He was running on that, really on that wheel. Did you not see the dog barking? It's also true. Pretty full on. Ooh, I like this touch. How they um, show the title at the very end of the. Credits. A lot of films do that. And um, what I was saying was. This film, you know, it came out this year, it's already un- unappreciated, you know, which is sad. It's a sad state that we live in, but that's why we cover it, you know. We cover it on this show and talk about it. And you know what? I'm glad I saw it, and I'll probably watch it again. Rosario Dawson gives a heartbreaking performance. Catherine Heigl gives a truly magnetic performance. <laughs> Chilling. Because you understand where she's from. You see Cheryl Ladd in it, and you go, oh, I see how you became what you are. And in fact, this is a movie about victims, and how victims can be victims, or they can turn their fate around and take charge. You know, Katherine Heigl, that's what she's doing. You know, she no longer wants to be the victim of the patriarchy society in which she's just the ex-bitch wife. No, she's now choosing to be the psycho ex-bitch wife. You know, and then Rosario Dawson, you know, she, she formed victim of abuse, and then she decides, no, I'm not going to be a current victim of abuse from you, Catherine Heigl. And, you know, even the daughter stands up and is like, no, I'm going to get off the horse, <laughs> even if it costs me my hair. I'm going to get off the high horse. Exactly. Okay, if, I have to give this, if I have to give this movie a rating, I would give it a David out of David. A David out of David. <laughs> That's it. A David out of David. Um, 100%. Ba- Bartek? Bartek. Let's hear from you. Oh, you want to hear my review? I thought you really liked the sound of my name. <laughs> Unforgettable. Oh, or if you were to put spaces in the name, Unforged Tea Table. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the lamest joke you've said on the show. 
Uh, fun fact for all the listening people, when I collect YouTube comments, I always save it in, you know, Microsoft Word. And I, like I, and I call I call the um, files movie name comments dot RTF. Uh, and this one is unforgettable comments, <laughs> which this is the first time the movie title. You're is not going to give us your review. This is just a fun fact before the review. Oh, okay. I was scared. Yeah, don't worry about it, Ren. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so this one's like, oh, the movie title is an adjective for the comments. They're unforgettable comments. But that's coming later. You still got two reviews from two of the people on this episode to listen to. <laughs> that's sequel baiting. And the first one who's acting as the second of the three, Budum Ching. That was a good one, me. I liked it. It really wasn't mm. that good. But thanks for liking it, Ryan. Well, I liked it. Didn't love it. So anyway, <laughs> this is my review for Unforged Tea Table. I thought that this film was... I think I've already said it, but amazing. I think that it is one of the most solid films that we have done on the show. Obviously, just like the rest of them, Big Fat Liar, all the way through to last week's episode, which was on Cutting Class. Brad Pitt's first film, yeah. Tasty. First major role in a film, yes. Yeah, tasty. Tasty and yummy. Oh, oh delectable. Thank you. <laughs> I made that word myself. Uh, and I came up with the definition because I immediately saw what it was afterwards, so we worked together, I guess. That's what we call communism. <laughs> yeah, we shared, I guess. Anyway, this film was amazing. It touches many levels of thinking, mm. of depth. Like, for example, that ending right there, oh no, crazy grandma's here, lovey, oh no. But earlier we had scene where she said that was beneath you and that hinted at a depth of character was it beneath uh Catherine Heigl in that she was making it hard for her daughter or was it beneath her in that she let her rival get one up on her or was it a literal thing because the daughter was like beneath her Mm. and because she's short Maybe, but I would kind of be against that because I do think she loves her granddaughter and, you know, she wouldn't call it a that. Mm. She'd call it a she. Mm. But mm. then if she said she, then it could have been about, oh, was was that about... Julia? Maybe they're talking the horse. Mm. Maybe, but the horse was pretty big. Like, I did call it a high horse before. Yeah, you did. True. You nailed that. Yeah. It was new too. <laughs> new too. Look, and I've already mentioned that this movie... It doesn't necessarily have red herrings, but it does have a lot of world-building elements. And world-building elements, I think, are a really almost easy thing for me to keep talking about in these episodes. Things that aren't essential to the movie, but just give it that beautiful seasoning on the pizza. <laughs> Things like, you know, the the luggage falling at the end. You, you've just watched the movie with us and heard us talk about it. That was never you a You mean problem. at the start, yeah. I said Andy, right. At the start... You watched the film, right? (laughs) When she crossed the Red Gate Bridge. I did watch the film, Ryan, because I was also going to point out that the only bit of luggage that gone goning, the only bit of clothing gone missing was the panties that were sent to Michael Vargas. Which, by the way, that's the name of the... uh, Not stalker, sorry. The uh, ex, the restraint ordered person. Mm. The person ordered to restrain themselves. Strain your pants, buddy. But he didn't. He hit the cabinet. He hit the woman. He didn't restrain himself (laughs) at all. Okay, you you redeemed yourself for that one, Martin. Yeah, I started laughing after I said it too. Um, (laughs) This film was gripping, I said that, but in a weird way, 
And not even, like, in the similar way that uh, The Boy Next Door was. It was kind of fun to just watch a really good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it had, yeah, dark themes, obviously, but it also had light moments, like, you know, Lily and David. Mm. They were really good, solid characters. And when I first mentioned Lily in the episode, you said, like, oh, hold on to her because she's an important part. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We didn't really focus on her too much, but she definitely was central to a lot of the film. Like, um, projection is the thing that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Catherine Heigl, she projected all of her motivations on Lily, but we knew that it was something much deeper. Mm. I think that this film was sensational. Definitely the best film of 2017 that I've seen thus far. And look, guys, we're almost at the end of October. The year's almost over. What's going to top it this year? And Geostorm, I hope. Mm, with, high hopes. with a lot of films coming out and, you know, movies being a bit more, more expensive to buy tickets these days, unless you go to cheap cinemas like the Pinewood Cinema, Waverly Cinemas. Um, where you go. Huh? Where you go. Is that where you go? Is that yeah, the I cinemas tend, you go to? to Fun fact, there. stay at those cinemas all the time just so you could meet Bartek on the off chance of wanting to meet a celeb. I haven't been there in months, actually. So <laughs> you've been waiting a long time. I think I've, the last thing I saw there was Dunkirk, and let me tell you, this film's a lot better than Dunkirk. Take <laughs> that, Christopher Nolan, you <laughs> fuck. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. This You should watch this film and learn from it. Is it called editing? <laughs> Try it. <laughs> <laughs> this film does have some fantastic editing. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. That's okay. I think I'm going to jump into the rating now. Go on. Rate me. <laughs> no, rate the film. Don't rate me. I'm too special. I give this film a Ryan out of Slewinski. Yes! <laughs> Alana? Well, there's an old saying about how you should never work with children or animals, which this movie just proved that theory wrong. That's a great observation. As the children, well, the child and the animals in this film, 10 out of 10 work. Again, I know I've spoken about Oreo before, but <laughs> his contribution to the film, incredible. Or her, we did we know as a boy? Well, true. Could be either their contribution yeah. to the film. And I think I'll say about Oreo is... I think that it was fantastic that they gave him, like, kind of a typical dog name. Mm. Like, you don't need a dog, a hamster, Until the or end. a ferret, or a, whatever Steve Buscemi was is just fine. <laughs> in G-Force, I should... No, in life. Fight. In life, we don't know what he is. <laughs> not life, human. We, no one knows. Um, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and the horses. Horses were incredible as well. The dog at the end, Humphrey. Brilliant dog. A hero. Great, great actor. And um, just at every turn, Lily was there to just... Who knew what she was going to do? Would she be loving her mother at this point? Would she be liking Julia? No one knows. No one she knows. loves Lovey still. She loves Lovey. Who doesn't love Lovey? Everyone loves Lovey. Lovey, love, love, love. She's the Claudette of this film. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a room reference for everyone. Just loves... Truly was amazing. And I again, I've spent long enough not talking about how great David is, but... Have to come back. That characterization, the depth of history. Wow. He was great. Um, I have to rate this movie a solid Cooper's Mountain beer. That, wow. That's solid. That's the best rating of the three. Possibly the best rating that could, well, could be said of a thing. You have some comments from YouTube, and yes. I have some reviews from IMDb. You got your comments from YouTube, what, from the trailer? Definitely from the trailer. And I would love to hear some of those. Yeah. So there was a recurring theme in the comments. I've only included, like, one. It's great because the movie has recurring themes. Yeah, but mm. the recurring theme was something a bit problematic. 
a lot of people thought that they'd seen the whole movie in the trailer. Oh, liars. <laughs> and there was a lot, yeah, there was a lot of sarcasm. Did they show the there. stinger in the trailer? I didn't watch the trailer because I know better. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. That's a bad excuse, but, you know. I'll watch it later. <laughs> According to them, I'll be re-watching the films or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. First comment is a person who wants to sum up the movie with a moral. Oh, good. And that's the first word of their comment. Moral of the story, don't put your dick in crazy. <laughs> it's a good one to start on. With like a yeah, little... Lana, don't put your dick in crazy, okay? That's something I live by. That's something she lives by. She can't stop putting her dick in crazy. I've, I've never put my dick in crazy. And yeah, it's a good first comment because it got like the <laughs> reaction. It's yeah. Like, yeah, a little, little, little joke for the Polite story. chuckle. <clears throat> the, but the next comment is, this is just a lot of footage of Catherine... Heigl being Catherine Heigl without knowing she was being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> they really know her. That's weird. That's written by her mum. And the next comment is, this, this is one of the few that I've included that, you know, trailer is the movie. Wow, that was an intriguing film I just saw. I wonder if they'll release an extended director's cut. <laughs> wow, I hope they do. I want to know where Oreo fits into this more. Oh, what happened during those six months? Mm. Hit yeah. us with another commento. That's uh, Italian for comment. This <laughs> has all I the trappings of a Lifetime movie. Does it? Z-list actors, unoriginal and recycled script, corny soundtrack, dot, dot, dot. Guys, hold yourself back because they end it with a hashtag totally forgettable. <gasps> hashtag get your shit together. Or maybe a totally... Forged tea table. I don't know. Okay, so I have an eight-star review. This is an essay of a review, but it hits oh, everything. Yeah. Eight stars. That's eight stars. Good. It's called Heigl is Hellbent in Unforgettable. Uh, Why start with this one? This because it hits all the points that we cover and some more. So this review may contain spoilers. It came out, obviously, this year. It would be weird if it came out last year. Did this no, review it? influence your commentary in this episode, Ryan? <clears throat> no, not really. Okay. <clears throat> So, it may contain spoilers. Eight stars. It starts with... Gals. Gals. Looking for Ladies Night Out movie? Look no further than Unforgettable. A melodramatic but entertaining psycho Barbie homicide saga. Rosario Dawson and Catherine Heigl co-star as two dames duking it out over one dude. Pause. Psycho Barbie? Didn't yeah. you use that joke in this episode, Ryan? You just said it didn't influence your commentary. <laughs> First time director Denise DeNovi and scenarists Christian Hodson of Shot In and John uh, and David Leslie Johnson of Orphan have forged a tense, occasionally erotic, psychologically driven thriller like like a Play Misty for Me, or Fatal Attraction, or Single White Female, or Obsessed, and a When the Bow Breaks. Sweet and innocent from the start, Rosario Dawson plays Julia Banks, the good girl of the two. She is far more naive than her troubled past would lead us to believe. Basically, she amounts to a damsel in distress fighting for her life against Catherine Heigl's diabolical homicidal divorcee, Tessa Conover. If anything, if anything is unforgettable about unforgettable, that's question mark. I can answer that. No. The casting of Catherine Heigl as the blonde spawn of Satan qualifies I mean, yes. as 
unforgettable. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer, Martek. Yeah. Hi. Uh, two years ago, in the amusing straight-to-video shock comedy Home Sweet Hell, <laughs> Heigl carved up three villains with power tools and a samurai sword who sought to blackmail her uh, blackmail her horny philandering husband. Heigl delivers a torture force performance and unforgettable. Moreover, as a testament to her thespian gifts, she never blinks as she devises several audacious acts of outrage. Heigl fans will savor her sinister performance for years to come. <laughs> of course, Heigl won't land an Oscar nomination for being cast against type, but it reflects another facet of her persona. Maybe I was influenced by this review. Unforgettable. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> Unforgettable opens at a Malibu police station. An African American detective and a patrol woman. I just like how well, they have to she? mention. <laughs> like how they have to mention. And a Swedish. <laughs> yeah. Amass plenty of incriminating evidence against Julia Banks, of course, Rosario Dawson from <laughs> The Kids. I don't know what The Kids are. <laughs> For the murder of Michael Varg. Was it Vargas? Vargas, yeah. Yeah, Vargas of Quantum Solace. Oh, there you go. I didn't know he was James Bond. <laughs> a sadistic ex-boyfriend <laughs> earlier um, earlier Vargas had been under a, restra- a restraining order to stay away from stay away from her <laughs> it sounded like you almost said Australian order yeah. she had an Australian order hold on to that by the way later oh okay um, <laughs> Julia cannot believe the authorities may charge her with his murder she remembers stabbing him in the thigh before f- she fled in hysteria from her own house her own house you know remember that like remember in the movie they made a big deal that it's not her house like it's it's her husband's house but fine during the mo- during the during their momentary but violent clash Vargas slammed Julia's face into the kitchen cabinet and she brandished a knife. Apparently, he labored under he labored under the mistaken notion that Julia went wanted to resume their relationship where they left off prior to the restraining order. A digital uh, 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 yeah, this is just one sentence by the way, just randomly. Okay. A digital literary magazine. That's just by itself, and then doesn't flow in anymore. Yeah, thinking about it, that's a good statement. After obtaining a restraining order against him, Julia met a former Merrill Lynch stockbroker, David Conover. Oh, look, I didn't know that. Look, see, now I'm learning about the film. I didn't realize that's how they met. I remember kind of, but I didn't realize how essential he was. I remember there was a thing like he had a different job, but then the brewery was his passion. They relocate to Malibu, where David lives with his six-year-old daughter Lily, and reside in. Serenity. Trouble arises because neither neither told Tessa about their plans. As it turns out, Tessa stands between Julia and her ex-husband David, and she abhors the idea that another woman will sup- supervise her daughter. Initially, Tessa appears reasonably hospitable when she welcomes Julia. Beneath her false mask... Mm. Tessa smolders with rage. If ever English playwright, <laughs> if ever, if ever English playwright, um, William, uh, William, William Con, what's this one? William Converges? 
Congreve? Yeah. If ever William Congreve's oft-paraphrased line, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, applied to a character, it applies to Tessa. Tessa is a fiend. <laughs> Tall, statuesque, her blonde hair parted down the middle and draping like shorn curtains at her shoulders, Tessa is a model of physical perfection in outfits that fit her like a sheath. She resembles a trophy wife, but she is an overbearing witch. She insists on having everything done to her specifications, and Julia can do nothing right, particularly with her impressionable daughter. Not long after the two women encounter each other, things soar between them. Admits to Julia that she destroyed her own marriage when she cheated on David. Now David has custody of Lily, but the court has allotted Tessa a couple of days each week with Lily. Tear face. That's sad. I love that. Tessa treats Lily like a captive, brushing her hair as if she was stropping a razor through it. When Lily warms up to Julia, Tessa cuts her hair severely and then blames everything on Julia. Interestingly, Tessa suffered a similar fate as Lily because of her own heartless mother, Helen, treated her, Tessa, with the same affection that a drill sergeant reserves for recruits. Tessa's life revolves around a mirror, and Helen still expects her daughter to live up to the mirror. And it just still keeps going around. Like, this is a, see, see what I mean by an essay, but here's the thing. This essay is worth the, the eight stars, not ten. Mm-hmm. Eight. Because although... She has lost David. Tessa won't admit to herself the marriage couldn't be salvaged. She launches a campaign against Julia and takes on the magnitude of a full-scale war. She first steals Julia's cell phone, imports the information on her own computer, and sets up a Facebook pal for Julia. Julia represents one of the few people alive today without a Facebook page. As if. And she never realizes the extent to which Tessa invades her own privacy. Tessa conducts a background check on Julia, which is pretty smart of her. And she learns about the restraining order against Michael. After she creates Julia's Facebook page, Julia arranges a reunion between... I love this. Julia arranges a reunion between Julia and Michael. Ah, uh, mistake, Mr. S.A. She impersonates Julia on the phone, so Michael will imagine that Julia would has absolved him of all of his sins. See, there's a Christian allegory there too, Bartek. Unforgettable maintains a steady head of steam before it wobbles somewhere during its third half. <laughs> Denova and her writers bring the conflict between Julia and Tessa to a boil about an hour into Unforgettable, and Julia begins to feel the heat. Nevertheless, the movie boasts a slam-bang finale. A slam-bang finale, Bartek. Yeah, grand slam. No, slam-bang. Unforgettable ranks as a hybrid chick flick slash horror movie with more than enough moments of suspense and intrigue. Catherine Heigl looks like she had a blast playing a notorious vixen, and she's fun to watch as she manipulates everybody around her. Hmm. Eight stars. I still like the three halves. Yeah, it's I like agree. Half man, three half halves. bear, half pig. Don't you, don't you feel the half? Yeah, it's like Bartek, pig. YouTube's a fun place. I'm sure everybody's nice to each other. Uh, you on know, YouTube. they reply very nicely to each other on YouTube. Everyone's really yeah, nice. Replies. You know, YouTube on it. It's a very constructive place. Oh, it is. There's it's, no such thing as meanies. It's the true realm of academia. Everyone's days. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this next comment doesn't transition to that at all. This looks like one of those Mexican soap operas. <laughs> Does it, though? 
I think there was another comment that said exactly the same thing, so, you know, they know the best. Oh, there was another one saying that it was, like, a Brazilian so far. Oh, oh that's, that's different. Yeah, yeah. That's different. One's sexier than the other. Both you in the choose. Americas, but, you know, they're different places. Kills you in Spanish, yeah. <laughs> Do they speak Portuguese in Brazil? Yeah, but I'm talking about the Mexican one. Ah. There's a, there's a joke. Like, there's this one, um, I think it's a Mexican soap opera. It's, like, all the subtitles is, like, thinking in Spanish. Yeah. Killing you in Spanish. <laughs> Taking your money in Spanish. <laughs> you know, I, li- I literally think that there was a comment that had a similar thing like that, but I didn't include it. Give us some more of these comms. This one has the responses. Ends. The initial comment is, How come the blonde white chick's always the nutcase and the black chick's always the innocent sweet one? Lol. Mm. Again, it's double standards. The first of the two responses are, I'm a black male male. I noticed this. I also noticed this. White girls are always presented as crazy slash bad while black women... Sorry, while black women are shown in a good light. The white girl was bad in the movie Obsessed, so why couldn't the black girl be crazy in this film? (laughs) There are also a lot of comments saying this film is just Obsessed 2.0 or something. Oh, sorry. And the final response is... And this goes. This is a transition to what you were saying earlier, Ryan. The comment is, both of you sound stupid. Oh, yes, constructive. Again, academia. And this next one is, dude, when you hear the response to this comment... You know, I'm going to respond so hard back. <clears throat> the initial comment is, how TF, the fuck, mm. how TF does Catherine Higgle, Higgle, Heigl, they misspelled Heigl, but don't worry, get top billing over Rosario Dawson. And the response is, I have a theory. (laughs) Go on. Is that it? That's the comment. That's the response. (laughs) Wow. Bartek. Yes? I have a seven-star review here. Someone was very level-headed in this review. It's called, Not As Bad As The Critics Would Have You Believe. And this was written this year in Christchurch, New Zealand. Mm. Oh, that's our neighbour. Our neighbour wrote this, and they start with, I was aware going into Unforgettable that it had received some negative feedback, but I had no idea for what reason. I always try my best to avoid reviews or any opinions on any sort of film before I watch it. 99 times out of 10, when I when a film has a very bad reputation, I will concur and also find myself not enjoying it. For some reason, though, Unforgettable is that one in a hundred where that isn't the case. That's not to say I loved the film, but I certainly didn't hate it. If I had to guess the reasons critics are giving for not liking it, I I mean, I still haven't read any reviews before I write my own, of course. (laughs) I would guess a lack of originality and some unlikely character choices would be right up the top of the list. The The originality is true. We've seen all this type of story done a thousand times now. The difference is that this is actually done with some quality behind it on this occasion. As for the poor writing concerning the character decisions, that would also be my biggest gripe. As I've seen before, decisions that would also be... Oh, sorry. And I've seen before, though, it is very hard to have any sort of film without these pieces of writing. There's a reason things like this almost never happen in real life. That is because when people behave normally and like they should, things like this don't ever happen. 
One of the main things I liked about the film was Rosario Dawson in the lead role. To be the victim in a film like this, is it is imperative that you are likable. And Dawson has that quality in spades. This ensured I liked her character, sympathized with her, and cared about her fate in the end. All very important factors. I also liked the pacing of the film. It never fell flat at any stage. Never seemed to drag. The story had a good arc and flowed naturally. To enjoy any type of film with a storyline that has been done this many times over has to be considered a triumph. I would also suggest not listening to the majority of critics on this one. Give it a watch and form your own opinion. You might just be pleasantly surprised. I think, Listen to their opinion. Though. I think that that is true, but kind of like an like the understatement version of our show. Yeah. Yeah. But listen to us. Also, yeah, the the rating. Thumbs the, up, you know. The rating they gave is also an understatement of our show as well because it deserves much more. Bartek, hit us with your final comments. The final four comments, though one of them has a response, so kind of. I funny. like when people respond to people. Yes. I do too. Enjoy. I'm not that. responding to you. When Shit, I did respond. it. Sorry, Alana, I let you down. I looked. Why I responded to. I lied, I'm a liar. This person, you know, I talked about how there are people who watched this trailer and said, oh, I just watched the whole movie. This is a person that was sold on the trailer. <laughs> oh, I like that person. An insight into jealousy. I want to see this movie. Aww. Three exclamation marks. That's, That's a lot of exclamation marks. a lot of excitement. I hope they got to see it. I hope so too. We should comment and ask. Yeah. We can respond. It's a recent comment. They're probably still monitoring for responses. Yeah. Hmm. Now... The third last comment. This is the one that I have with a reply of the last Oh, few. yay. Nice. I'm sick of all those stupid men simping movies. Time for some cat fights. <laughs> and the response. There are tons of movies based on people fucking around on their spouses. You are the problem with Hollywood. Thanks a lot. Uh... Apostrophe 17 will continue the same 80s to 90s reboot movies. <laughs> the, that taught them. Yeah. Mm. It's so cool he couldn't write 2017, he just wrote 17. Yeah. Classic. Because, you know, clicking that one extra key would have been mm. so much work. It's really hard, you know, because they don't have fingers. Mm. Yeah. They use their lips. I mean, it's a long comment with almost perfect grammar. The only problem really is that the very first word wasn't capitalized. Loser. What yeah. else has the internet got first? The second last comment is and everyone this is foreshadowing. <laughs> the comment is is this when the borough breaks white version? The borough. Oh when the borough breaks white. They wrote okay. Borough. And what's the last what is YouTube this is the last YouTube YouTube ends after this. Oh no. We don't get more YouTube. It's done. The website closes down. It shuts Huma down. Humanity looks at this last comment and analyzes it for the ages. <laughs> like, how did this break YouTube? <clears throat> and that comment is the six words. <clears throat> Should have some lesbo action, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, I've got a six-star review here from another dimension. That dimension is specifically one from Texas. I love Dimension. Mm. This is one of those titles where the title blends, like the title is keeps the going of the beginning of you. So I read the title and then, then I'll read the title again until it flows into yeah, the thing. Yeah, so yeah. the title is When Aussie Honcho Stole Aboriginal Kids. Oh, you did say to keep onto the, what was it? A st Australia. 
I can't remember what the line was. Giant. Oh, Australian order. <clears throat> when Aussie honchos stole Aboriginal kids from the outback and adopted them out to city folk, that was wrong. Okay. When the <laughs> hear that, John Howard, from like eleven years ago. <clears throat> when the state of Oklahoma filched Jim Thorpe from his teepee and deported him to Pennsylvania's Amish country, that. <laughs> Also was wrong. This is from oh. Texas, right? Yeah. Okay. I like that they started with an Australian example. <clears throat> when Don Trump, when Trump <laughs> popped out a quartet of perfectly normal kids from a couple of wives of his own culture and then lost at Russian Roulette Supermodel Edition, that was wrong too. A movie outfit named Warner tries to warn America against continuing such egregious practices in UNFORGETTABLE! Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dave's daughter is named Lily because she is Lily White. Julia Warner... And then this is... A, I think this is a time thing. They put a timestamp. Warner discloses at 1740 is a product of fetal alcohol syndrome, which pervades her culture and who's... And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on, guys. So, so, at 7.40, is a product of fetal alcohol syndrome, which pervades her culture and whose deleterious effects are evident throughout Unforgettable. Dave's hots for Julia also will expose Lily for, for furtive... Furtive, secondhand smoke. This too is endemic in to Julia's culture. Thus, innocent Lily is to be doomed to a brief life of torture by cancer. <laughs> Forty minutes and twenty seconds. That's the timestamp. They want you to realize that. Yeah, we've got the movie in front of us. We can. Julia's even clueless about Lily's personal hygiene care, costing Lily her crown and glory even before cancer takes its toll. Unforgettable's credits state that the current U.S. Secretary of Money, Steve Mnuchin, financed this flick, probably on the taxpayer dime. That's how important our newly installed government sees the need for an end to such cross-cultural follies as Julia's shenanigans with Dave and Lily. That's the. That's wow. it. Is this a fan of, uh, quote, Don Trump? I don't know. Why? <laughs> that was... But wow. he talked about Australia, so, you know. Australia! Australia. So, guys, that was it. Alana, that was it. Bartek, that was it. Ryan, that was it. That's the movie. That's the commentary. That's it. You're done. That's You've served your, your years and time. And the episode just suddenly ends. It ends. That Don't even need to say you've been fantastic, wonderful, amazing, superfluously great listening, people. And as always, be kind to each other. Don't even need to say it. It just goes, that's the end. No, that's it. Done. Bartek doesn't need to make some witty comment at the end. <laughs> Alana doesn't have to say thank you for letting me be on. Just ends. Just done. Done. Bam. Whoops. Accidentally stops the record button and you no longer hear anything. That's right. This isn't going to be included in there at all. If it is, mistake on my part. Not really. I don't make mistakes. I'm full of anything but mistakes. <laughs> you were good too, Ryan. <laughs> thank you, Bartek. As always, Alana... You've been my relative, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Kind of. Kind of. Some people say otherwise. Me. Did you learn more about older siblings, Ryan? I did. I learned they roll and don't know why. Mm, You'll never understand. Mm. Just don't get it. (laughs) 
That's it. Bartek, do you want to impart us with some older sibling wisdom? Of course. You know, a lot of older siblings, they grow up with younger siblings. And and I think it was very evident in the movie uh, Zathura that um, <laughs> older siblings fight with younger siblings and act like they hate them. They don't like them because sometimes they're a bad time. But when you grow up, you tend to look back on those moments with elements of cringe you cringe at the fact that, you know, you you fought a lot, that you might not have been there for them, even though you thought that maybe you were trying to, I don't know, toughen them up or prepare them for the world. And you see them grow up and go to school and you worry like, oh, I know I was fine when I went to university, but, you know, will they be fine? Are, are they, they're, they're, they're so different from me. Are they, are they, are they making the same you know, correct choices or making the same mistakes or different mistakes or different correct choices. It's it's a very unpredictable thing to be an older sibling. And it at the end of the day, you know, you don't really... Because of that whole past thing, you don't want to say you love them. But <laughs> really, these emotions kind of are their own sense of sibling love. And you cherish them and it's it's a big part of who you are you realize in the end that yeah even though you've had your differences you, there there is there is love between siblings it's okay bartek as not your sibling i love you it's unfortunate that your older brother doesn't love you <laughs> my what your older brother you my older brother. older brother you th- that's what we're re- we're revealing bartek your older brother's coming to the podcast today oh yeah, they're Maybe here. Maybe he should have made the speech then. They're here right now. Come on in, Bartek's older brother. Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Bartek's older brother. Why are you laughing? Because you're such a funny guy. Unlike oh, Bart- unlike Bartek. Me funny. <laughs> oh, what's my name? Latek. Latek. It's me, Latek. <laughs> Which is sort of for Latwomle. Latwomle. <laughs> it's funny name. <laughs> what's my middle name? Litot. La Twomye Litot Kaspshak. No, there's no Kasp in there. You're Laspshak. La Twomye. What was the middle name again? Litak? Yeah. La Twomye Litak Laspshak. It's your name. Why are you asking me? Lartek, not very smart. Lartek, what's your advice for Bartek? My advice for Bartek from Lartek is. When you're an older sibling, you know, you fight for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was a very serious message that I was giving, but we ended up so funny. I'm a jerk, that's why. <laughs> <laughs>